Knockback is brought to you by thousands of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. If you want to show your support for Knockback, as well as CLS's PlayStation podcast Sacred Symbols, the eclectic interview series Fireside Chats, and the YouTube gaming series SideQuest, please consider going to Patreon and pledging for a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Your Patreon support doesn't only ensure that CLS continues to produce the content you love, like Knockback, but you can get cool perks too, depending on your level of support. You can get early access to each episode of Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, and Knockback, totally ad-free. You can vote for show topics and provide feedback to be read on air. You can listen to exclusive podcasts only available to patrons, and much more. Your support is essential if Colin's Last Stand is to continue well into the future, so please consider showing some love. Again, that's patreon.com slash Stand. Thank you for your kindness, generosity, and support. Without you, CLS wouldn't exist. But enough of that. On to the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. As always, I'm joined by my brother, my first date, Dagan Moriarty. Want to go steady? Well, we're brothers, so that's a little weird to me. <laughs> I'm also, talking to them. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That's well, that's less weird. Yeah, that's a little less weird. It's <laughs> very polyamorous, which I appreciate. Uh, welcome back to Knockback, everyone. We appreciate you joining us. Remember, Knockback is a retro and nostalgia-fueled podcast I do with my brother every week. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand for early ad-free access to the show, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas to the show, exclusive podcasts, etc. We very much appreciate your support over there. If you want to be a freeloader, please do on free feeds. Just leave us nice reviews if you can on iTunes, etc. It helps us find a new audience. Dagan, today's topic, as I already indicated, is first dates. I think that this can be expanded a little bit to just be about early girlfriends and kind of when you figured out you liked girls or whatever. And, you know, we're both straight men, but of course, this is applicable to anyone listening that's a man that wants to be a man or girls that were with boys, whatever. We were just going to share our stories. I think that they'll be uh, relatable. Yeah, should be fun. Should be a fun episode. It's one of those episodes, again, we were talking about, you know, Colin and I sometimes... When we do the show, we get really excited about a specific topic. Maybe we want to exchange ideas really briefly. But usually we go in and don't discuss it much. We know the topic and we just try to surprise each other. And again, that lends to just a genuine conversation and not something contrived or forced or, you know, it's just a real conversation and we could kind of make each other laugh. And it adds to the humor too, make each other laugh. And with the, you know, the input from you guys. So I think that's one of those episodes. We didn't talk much about it. No. So it should be really fun to see how it meanders and how it goes. And yeah. I'm absolutely looking forward to hearing your stories and telling some of mine. And obviously, the one thing that Dagan and I did talk about is that because these stories, not we're not going to tell any, any bad stories, I don't think, but these do involve other people. So we're going to obviously leave out specific last names and all of those kinds yeah. of things. I think, I think that'll probably be for the best last names. We won't do. Yeah. And you know, I, cause that was my one concern because this is actually a Patreon chosen topic over at Patreon. If you support us at the $2 level or higher each month, you get to submit your ideas and then everyone votes on these ideas over there. And we usually get about a thousand votes or more and first dates won. So this was an idea that I had a little trepidation on because I'm like, well, how do you tell these stories without involving intimate? And I don't mean sexually intimate, but intimate, details yeah. of another person but we, i think we'll figure out our way and navigate through it in a tasteful way that respects other people's privacy the names and stuff will be chosen to protect the not so insane. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> just that's just something i wanted to throw out there because this show always has us telling stories about each other and our families and close friends and stuff but th- these stories involve people i've not even spoken to in 20 years probably you know so you just don't want someone to tune in and be like oh you're that would be you, amazing yeah it'd be oh, weird colin does a podcast oh <laughs> And then you come up and like, these people even remember me. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's first dates and kind of those early years dating and having girlfriends and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. And thank you so much for voting and for choosing this topic. We very much appreciate it. Now, Dagan, we're starting this particular wave of knockback topics with a new topic or new segment 
that you came up with called Win, Lose, and Draw. <laughs> We're really looking forward to doing this. It's so fun. So do you want to explain the rules to the so audience? So again, based on the 80s game show Win, Lose, or Draw, and sort of slash based on just the game of Pictionary, which I'm sure you, a lot of you guys are familiar with. And by the way, go look at YouTube videos of Win, Lose, or Draw. It's very 80s. You know, the game show host has got his 80s hairdo and his 80s sweater. It's just... It's so it's so 80s through and through this game show. It's so nostalgic for me because I remember grandpa watching it a lot. So anyway, it's just a Pictionary based game. Basically, I have a bowl here full of papers rolled up. Hear that? And papers, Colin, not rolling papers, but paper. not rolling papers, no, just papers. That's unfortunate for me. OK, I'm going to get the papers, get the papers. And so Colin's going to take one and it's just a broad a range of different fun topics, but broad things. And you'll see what like, you know, example in a second when Colin draws one from the bowl and then he has a minute to draw Pictionary style a drawing he has his typing paper and his sharpie and he's going to draw something and I am going to guess it I have one guess when he's done at the end of that minute he could draw as much or as little as he wants in that minute and, and we yeah, guess and you know you guys can all see the uh, pictures on Twitter of course as well yeah we posted one already from the Karate Kid episode and of course to make it a little more interactive with you guys I have a bowl here full of about 60 names, Patreon supporter names, and you guys are going to win each drawing. One lucky winner will win each drawing, and we'll send them out in the mail. Very lucky. Let's see now. Very lucky. Have you seen these drawings? The winner is... Who we got? Cutter Crow. Cutter. So we'll give you that one back. Congratulations, my friend. And then for the topic bowl, which is a pink bowl. going to draw a topic. The topic is... Oh, I can't wait. This is my favorite part when you draw the topic. What is it? Draw something round. Okay. All right. Draw something round. Now, one caveat. Can't draw just a circle. Okay. A round object. Okay. Of some kind. Or, you know, I'm not going to even limit it to an object. Whatever you want that's round. Now, let me get the the clock out. Let me get the time before you have a minute. And you've been very, very good about the time. Yeah, I don't think you've used a minute. I don't even need a minute. No, you're an expert at this. All right. Go ahead, Kyle. Colin is drawing something round. He's got okay. his Sharpie. He's still thinking. Hear that? Oh, Sharpie to paper. The Sharpie to paper sound is just, it's the sound of my dreams. I'm trying to draw. think here. All right. Take your time. Yeah. You got about 45 seconds left. You're doing, you're doing very well. Doing a good job. Is that right, though? I'm trying to think. Just got to make me, just got to make me know what it is. Doesn't have to be. Rembrandt, so to speak. Oh, he's doing it over. All right, I'm going to go 30 more seconds. No, no, I don't need it. Draw something round. Okay, I'm done. All right, you finished? Yeah. All right, here we go. He's going to hold it up. Colin's going to hold it up for me. It's a baseball. Of course. All right, well Look at that. Look up. You let me sign it. Please. There you go. Look at that. And who won that cutter? Cutter Crow won oh. that. Cutter Crow is the lucky winner. Now here's the, I was originally going for a basketball. I see. I would have guessed basketball. But I couldn't remember. Like there's a line, like a, a horizontal line. I think that goes through it. There's right? one line that cuts through, like a, and like then a, two lines on each side that are bowing. Right. There's like a, a, a equatorial line. Let's yes, say. exactly. Very well put. And I, uh, did you have that? No, you had. No. You, you had one extra, two extra lines. Yeah. There. So I was like, this can't. This won't do. <laughs> <laughs> that's much better that base picture of baseball look at that better. baseball so let me hand you this as well and i feel like i can just reach into the paper and grab that baseball and we'll hand you this as well all right so cutter crow you win a very special you really do win all right well done thank you 
All right, so we have win, lose, and draw out of the way. That's done. And now we can get into the topic at hand. Now, I'm a little you know, uncertain of how to proceed. I don't know. We have some input from the audience that we can read. We have some okay. of my stories. You know, I think the way I want to start this, Dodegan, is to... I want to ask you this question because I feel like I kind of came around a little late to girls. Okay. You know, you are... I guess in some way attracted to girls like you figure out that girl, you know, if you're a straight man, I guess you figure out that the girls are pretty. Yeah. And it's not obviously when you're a youth, it's not a sexual thing. It's like an it's a weird thing. Like you're it's I guess evolutionary. You're kind of just getting used to, you know, being attracted to whoever you're attracted to. And when did you notice that? When did you notice that such and such was pretty or on the bus or at school? What probably age? elementary school, I would say probably yeah. like first, second, third grade. I mean, I think you Absolutely. realize that your girls are pretty. Yes. Right? I remember thinking girls were pretty, but it was, you know, I didn't really have like, I guess, a so-called sexual attraction really in any way until probably early high school, really, like where it became that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that I'm kind of curious about. Puberty. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I feel like even when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, you know, girls were around and that's when I had my first girlfriends. But it's so funny because it was like. You know, not that people should be fooling around at that age. That's, people are especially now starting way too young. It's disgusting. But it was like it was weird. Like I was embarrassed to admit it to my parent, our parents. And I was like, I never really I don't think I was in, until 10th grade when I even really started openly talking about how I liked girls or I think this girl's hot or around I, mom and dad. Yeah. And right the family and even you guys, I was a little embarrassed about it. You know, yeah, so with having older siblings, that must be tough. I, I can't relate to that. Yeah. So I'm curious, like when you first, I guess, figured that like went through that transition when you started kind of openly talking about it because we were talking about your daughter. Your daughter's in sixth grade, Lilia. Yep. And you guys were kind of teasing her about this boy that she has a crush on. And right. I asked you later, I'm like, well, how did you figure that out? And you were like, oh, she told us. She's very open. And I'm like, I wasn't telling anyone anything. She's an back. open book. But maybe I was. I don't really know. So I'm just curious, kind of let's start there. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about those early days and then how you kind of figured it out and how you kind of, I guess, ingratiated yourself in a lifelong attraction. Yeah. To women, because yeah, it's a really interesting. It's really interesting to put it that way and ask you to think back and reflect back on how it started and the different, the different ways that it started. But I guess really for me, I could think back to well, I'll tell you the first incident, the first thing that really happened that was a telling, sort of something that left a mark on me as far as romance and girls and all that kind of stuff. But I remember being interested in girls all the way back to like kindergarten and first grade. Like, I remember who my crushes were, what girls they were. You know, you have the whole chasing girls around on the playground. I don't know if you did that. Kyle. I did. I did. do. I have I, I have vague recollections of that, which is so weird. That seems like a trial of a, like a, or a tr like a thing that everyone does. Or it's lots so of funny, do. It's right? Weird, yeah. That's like the initial like point of contact with like members of the opposite sex is that chasing on the playground. Yeah. Right? Like that's how your like primitive brain acts out. This it is really I primitive. It's almost yeah. caveman like. Yeah. right? It's so funny. Yeah, it's very weird. But I do, I do remember going through that, and I do remember looking forward to like going out on the playground so we could chase the girls around, and they could chase us around, and stuff like that. But in third grade, I don't know if I ever told you this story, I was serious enough about, you know, my first crush, quote unquote, where I took it seriously enough. It was Valentine's Day in third grade. and So I this was, not to interrupt, so I'm sorry, but this is... No, no, no. So this is like 82? Third 83? grade would have been 80... Yeah, I want to say 82. The early 80s, let's say. 81 or 82. Could okay. have been 81, actually. Okay. I had There was a girl I had a crush on. I remember having a crush on her from like at least second grade. So it had already been a year or two. This girl, Jen. And I had such a crush on her. And I remember 
being serious enough where it was like Valentine's Day. And you know how you you exchange Valentine's with everybody in your class in elementary school. You give the little the little serrated, you know, the little cutout cards right. with maybe a little piece of candy, whatever it is, right? A little little goodie bag and everybody exchanges Valentine's. You have a little mailbox, whatever. However I discovered, they did. by the way, people still do this today. Yeah, I, I just did it. I couldn't believe it. But just because in of the, fact, the climate. You know, I just couldn't believe it. That like, it still goes on. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. Yeah. And then, like, you know, that you'd go get, like, you know, your Star Wars car. Like, whatever, like, Which funny thing. Which is so thing. funny. Yeah. That's what Graydon gave out, too. And, Star Wars themes. But stuff. then I'm like, oh, I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, but because uh, it's so innocent. But, yeah. like, but in this age, you never know. It's almost like, thank goodness they still have these yeah. cool things. Yeah, I was surprised. I was things. pleasantly surprised by that. It's cool. And you know what? I think my daughter's in sixth grade, as you mentioned. I think this might have been either last year in fifth or this year in sixth was the first year they didn't do it. And that's sort of that bittersweet line line of demarcation, you know, where it's like, okay, this ends at this at a certain age, which which kind of sucks. But they're they're already moving on too, you know what I mean? So it's like for the parent, it's kind of heartbreaking. But at least my son's only in second, so he's still got a few years ahead. But so it was a thing where, and I remember it was maybe the first time talking about being open with your parents and stuff like that. It was the first time I I remember at least communicating to mom like, oh, I have this crush on this girl and I want to buy her a Valentine, a special Valentine. So I remember she took me to like whatever it was, this whatever pharmacy it was, right? CVS or whatever. And we got a box of chocolates, like a little heart of chocolates that was like a... You know, not not a big one, like maybe seven or eight inches in diameter, you know, like a little miniature box of chocolates and hair clips that said her name on it. Jennifer. Oh, that's right. Cute. Yeah. And I was all excited and all nervous. You have the butterflies. You just remember, you know, I just remember that whole day of like getting on the bus and being nervous. And I gave it to her in class and she was like, oh, thank you, whatever. And later on. Now, Jennifer didn't live in my neighborhood. She lived much closer to the elementary school. She actually lived in the neighborhood that we would eventually move into in Brookhaven. But we lived, you know, miles away in Medford. Now, a girl that I had grown up with, Renee, that I knew from the neighborhood, she was just a friend and acquaintance that we was always there since preschool. I remember getting onto the bus that afternoon and who's wearing the Jennifer hair clips and has the box of chocolates. She gave them to Renee. She gave them to her best friend. So Renee's wearing the clips that say Jennifer. That's and she awesome. has a, a dude, I was crushed. Yeah, that's so sad. I was crushed. So that was my first, that was the first time I remember oh. that, okay, this is going to be, you know, it's not always going to be pleasant. Like this is going to be something where it's like, you know, there's going to be highs and lows. It wasn't just chasing on the playground and completely positive and, you know, completely fun. So that was the first time. That was my first experience with romance, so quote unquote, because who knows? How would have went if she liked it and she accepted? It? Would have that been my first little girlfriend? Who knows, right? That's I don't know. Cr- that's hard. Now that that is heartbreaking. Now, oh, it's crushing. Now, did you, did, did this girl remain in your class going through Bellport? All through? Did it ever come up again? No, I was never really close to her. She was a little bit. She was a little bit snobby. Hmm. She was a little bit snobby. I remember even now, in retrospect, looking back, she was just a snotty kid. You know what I mean? But she was I just she was so cute. Like I just had such a crush on her, you know? No, it never really came up again. And I just remember it always being like feeling like such a mean spirited thing. Like kinda even at third grade, you should realize that's kinda mean. At least get home and never look at them again or throw them in the trash can. You know what I mean? But I would never know that. Yeah, that's but to give them to a girl that lives in my neighborhood that I'm gonna see get on my bus. Yeah, do you think she did it on purpose? I have no idea. Like as a vindictive. Can you thing? be that can you be that mean in third grade? I guess, man. They're mean kids. Holy they're they're shit. kids that are just not raised right, you know? But yeah, because that's the point, is like, well, it's interesting because I had thought, I mean, you're kind of, you know, 
it, this isn't verbatim what was said between you two, of course, but you said that she said thank you for it. So it's like she did. did. So did you did you know? So it's like she understood. Yeah. Now she I should reject you outright. You know, I don't remember her being like super like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. I remember her being like, oh, thanks. Like type of thing, like kind of aloof. She was an aloof kid. I mean, she wasn't I don't remember her being like warm and fuzzy. Like there's girls I grew up with, whether they were just friends, like the girl next door type thing. All through school, I'm talking about all through high school or whether it was girls I had a crush on or I didn't know too well or that were cute or not cute, whatever. I just remember girls being a lot warmer than that. You know, a lot of the girls, three quarters of the girls are just nice, sweet kids. You know what I mean? She was just not nice. And she had a little brother who was kind of punky, too, which I Dana will correct me on this. I believe was he was in Dana's. Sure, she will. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure she will. I don't remember his name, but he looked a lot like her. Um. So, so you had yeah. a little bit of crush on him too. So I, he was uh, he was know, cute. He would have been. I was. I would have went for him. I would have taken a shot. Yeah, yeah. Why not? As they say, and uh, yeah. So all right. So that's run. interesting. Now the only recollection I really have of elementary school with girls is that okay. I I have a memory of this girl Nicole. Like I guess it's my first kiss in third grade, Mrs. Bergoli's class. Ah, uh, I think you had Miss Bergoli as well, right? No, Dana did. Dana Miss Bergoli, but I remember her. So. We, I remember the classroom because Mrs. Blackford was right next door, who was also a teacher there forever. Okay. It was one of those things. You'll remember Brookhaven Elementary. That's where Dagan and I and all the Moriarty's went. That there were stacked classrooms. So to get to the back classroom, the class that was in the back classroom would have to actually go through your classroom. And so Miss Bergoli was in front. Miss Blackford was in back. Anyway, I'm just saying that because I, I just remember this classroom so well. And there was like this big Atlas book like of the world. And I remember she, she was like... You know, I don't want to say the aggressor, but she was the one. She like held up the book and like kissed me behind the book. And oh. I, in third grade, I remember this very third well. Third grade. Third grade. No, it was just a. It was a similar. You know, it wasn't like you were very lucky in love in third grade compared to my tragic. Exactly. Well, third that's the thing is that romance. I don't think I was really like. That's the funny thing is I don't remember how that happened, and I don't really remember having like. I'm sure I did, but I guess I don't really remember having crushes per se on anyone at that time. I was like so. That was for me, 1991. 1992 or something like that so i was just as aloof as any third grader at that point you know i was into toys Toys and and whatever else video games right exactly so i was like i but i remember that like i do remember that happening and i don't remember like why that happened or what happened afterwards and she was in my grade all the way through okay and you went to school with her all yeah and she was a totally nice girl like i I don't know if she even remembers it because it never came up again i was in class with her we would talk we weren't friends but we would talk and people forget yeah, and like it just she probably doesn't remember it, but I remember that. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got into middle school. So I went to middle school in Maine. And so I started middle school there. Middle school there was fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. And they were together, but fifth and sixth were in one building, seventh and eighth were in another building. They were right next to each other in York, Maine, in case anyone's curious. At York Middle School. And by the time I went to seventh grade, I had gone to private school, so I never even went to the other classroom. But it was in fifth and sixth grade where I had my first quote unquote girlfriends. Okay. And there were three girls in particular that I really liked and that I quote unquote dated. Fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, fifth and sixth grade. Wow. But here's the funny thing about it again. Okay. It wasn't, there was nothing, not that there should be at fifth and sixth grade anything physical. That's again, disgusting. But the point is, is that it really, I don't know what it was. Okay. Because I wasn't, I wasn't like attracted. Like I thought they were pretty or whatever. It's like so weird that line of demarcation between how I felt about my girlfriends in high school, for instance. Right. And Obviously, when you're younger, how you feel about the girls and just and that was around the time mom was pretty cool because mom was like a single mom. It was just me and her. So I remember there was this one girl, Melissa, that I really liked. And like we hung out, we did like go to the movies and like go to the mall. And she was kind of like more of a friend. And then her friend, 
there was these other two girls, Rhiannon and Elizabeth. Oh, good name, Rhiannon. That wow. I also like had something with, and you'd like maybe talk to them on the phone. This probably literally lasted like two weeks each or something, or a month each or whatever. You're going, you know, will you go out with me kind of situation and like write notes to each other. Yeah. But it was, you know, so I want to bring it up to at least that point from me because that's like all I really remember. The one thing I remember is that I bought Melissa like some sort of necklace. I don't remember exactly what it was. And she bought me, I don't know if anyone remembers this or you remember this, but there was this like, there were these like twine necklaces and twine bracelets. Oh, of course I remember. That had beads on them. Yeah, of course. The beads each, like the color of bead represented something different. When it would break and fall off, that was when the good thing was supposed to happen to you. Oh. I don't know if you remember this. So like green meant something, red meant something. Okay. And you'd wear it naturally. And when it would finally fall off, that's when it was supposed to be like a windfall. That's pretty cool. And I remember her getting me like the yellow goldish ones for money. Oh. Which I was like, you know, well, kind of, you know, now I'm 34 years old. I really like money. Who so, was this? Melissa? This was Melissa. Okay. Who, you know, I would really love to see her because she was a really sweet girl. I don't know if she really remembers me. I remember her. Oh, I'm sure she um, does. And she was a real sweet girl. The other two girls, like, I was a little bit mean with that girl, Elizabeth, I remember. I remember she was like a holy roller. Okay. And I thought that that was like a little weird. You were annoyed by that? Yeah, for no reason. It's totally inappropriate. And then that Rhiannon girl, I remember her being like kind of out of my league, so to okay. speak. But like she kind of liked me and I kind of liked her. And then there was this bad girl in middle school named Gretchen. Oh. Who, who I really liked. But and I remember she had like a nine inch nails. Cool name. Uh, she had a nine inch nails like a uh, patch on her backpack. Oh, wow. And so I remember writing N.I.N. on my backpack to be cool. I never even listened to it. No, no idea. Like to try to get her attention. And that was that. And she didn't want anything to do with me. Yeah. I think she was like a year older than me or something like that. <laughs> So that's kind of my remembrance of middle school. So can you can you kind of segue out of elementary school and into middle school? I mean, like, how, yeah. did, how did everything go for you as the 80s went on? It's very funny. What you everything you said segues into my next thought, which is that. Well, let me ask you this first. Sure. Does it it plays into what I was going to say? Is your first now I'm saying you're and you in general people's first girlfriend or boyfriend. Does that it does that come about in fifth, sixth, seventh grade or whatever? Because your classmates are doing it. Because you're, you know, every, all of your, your friends and acquaintances are doing those things. So it's like, okay, I guess it's time for me to do those things. Because like you say, it's not sexual yet. It's very surface. Like, oh, she has pretty hair or she's a, or she's pretty or he's cute. Or yeah. It's really just based on prettiness. Very surface. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, you know, you don't have, it's still, it's still very innocent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the point is that I think for me, it was innocent way beyond where it was innocent for almost everyone else. I don't think I knew what sex was. There's an outside shot. I didn't know what sex was until like sixth grade. Like I didn't know what, what it was, like what the act, I knew there was something that happened. I knew there was something in movies that we weren't supposed to watch, you know, those rated R movies and stuff like that. But I didn't know exactly what it was until maybe sixth grade. Yeah, I remember learning all about it from my friend Tim's dad's Playboys. Like that was how that I was. That's it. how I learned about what the female body was and right. all of that. And I remember even being like, and this was around the same time in middle school, I guess. But I remember even being a little put off by like, yeah, I was like, it wasn't even the act of looking at the girls. They were both older than me, the the boys that I hung out with. So sure. they were a little more into that. But for me, I was just like curious. It was literally like, literally curious and also a little bit bad because we were like stealing his dad's yeah, Playboys, which I think a lot of people did. That's like almost of a lost course. thing. Like I don't think anyone's stealing anyone's Playboys anymore. Or like you I said, finding know. Playboys in the woods. So it was a rite of passage. Yeah. Back I, then. Now it's so like accessible. I mean, like free porn is like. Dude, it, it was such a rite of passage that I saw it happen in multiple places. Like, I, you know, we, we already talked about. You know, it's well trodden by this point, finding Playboys in the woods near where we grew up. But we had cousins in Nassau County on Long Island, you know, west 
just east of Queens that, you know, Matt and my cousins, Matt and Brian, who I was with Brian. Brian was Dana's age, so a year younger than me. I was with Brian and his friends because they skateboarded and we were all into skateboarding at the time. It was our very early skateboarding years. When they did what they were doing, the whole Playboys in the Woods things by at their house, you know, 40 miles away from us, and like watching like those naughty video VHS videos that somebody's older brother or father had, and they were, you know, both parents worked, so you could go over there and you know what I mean, right? Right, I was going, I saw that happen multiple times to multiple, you know, in multiple places. You bore witness, as it were, it was a rite of passage back then. That's how you found things out. Because it was. It was. We it was. did not have, you know, I have to say, and I don't know what everybody's experience was, you know, Generation X, you know, being around my age, mid, early to mid 40s. But mom and dad did not have the birds and bees talks. With, no, talk me with neither. Them, never, ever. Never. It never happened. You learned it on the streets, as it were. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's not, not never. like that anymore. But it was back then. Yeah. No, no one ever talked to me. Still. To this day. About. Right. And this is in the 80s. It's not like, you know, we're talking about the 1880s. You right. know what I mean? This yeah, was... it is very weird. It was a very trepidatious sort of thing in terms of, do we talk? I guess they assume health classes and health class. and middle school and high school are taking care of this. But I don't know. I learned everything I needed to know from people that I shouldn't have been learning it from. <laughs> Which you is know? so funny. Like, I, I learned every... But I remember, I have a very... It's, this is a little perverted, but I have a very distinct memory of a specific playboy image that okay. was like just I, for people that don't never read playboy first of all i had like a cacophony of playboys available to me when i was in college because i worked for the landscaping crew at northeastern as you guys know and we yeah. had an apartment on campus that we would all chill in when it was raining or like when we were eating lunch it was like an awesome and dude there were play, i don't know where they came from okay. i don't think and some of the guys had worked there since the 60s and 70s so maybe it was from them but there's, like there's dude, there, dude there was an archive of playboys like from like 19 <laughs> probably 68 69 through the early to mid 90s like every issue and i, would I just, was never feeling it at all and i would just like at that point i was 18 19 20 years old and these guys and we were all just dicking around or whatever yeah, and i yeah. wasn't really especially like i don't find i always found women like when you watch old movies for instance not old but like eight movies from the 80s and it's like this girl's 16 like a really good example is like elizabeth shoe and the karate kid she looks like she's 27 years old yeah you know, maybe yeah. she was. I have no idea. She was a little older, I think. But girls just looked older then. And I, and like when you look at them. You're like, right about that. And like the, the pubic hair and all. Yeah. And so it's like, I wasn't really attracted, but I actually really loved reading them. Like Now, was awesome... it Playboy? Kyle, are you referring to all magazines as Playboy? And oh, just no, as no. General, this, uh, they, well, they were actual Playboys. Yeah, exactly. I, I never had too much access to the other ones. It was really almost always Playboy. And like when I was young with my friend Tim and then in college. And I remember really just over the years that I worked at that landscaping crew, really like reading almost all of them. Like, like, like just sitting on the couch reading them. You actually, cause they were articles, no, they were, they awesome. were comics. Dude, they there were was, awesome. Yeah. They were, they were great. But I remember this one picture, just like a throwaway picture. It wasn't a centerfold. It wasn't like one of the models. Okay. It was just this picture when I was younger in my friend Tim's dad's collection, probably from the late eighties yeah. of this guy, like lifting this girl up and like had her pinned against the wall. Now, I don't know. Could, was that in playboy? Because I want to say playboy couldn't show that stuff. Well, they didn't show, you didn't see. Okay. You anything. didn't see, anything. you didn't see penetration. It was just like implied. That. No. So that it definitely was like, she was, yeah, it was like some picture from maybe like in my mind, it's almost like it was like a, I don't know what it was. It was like an orgy or something. I don't know what like what the picture was from. Right. But I remember seeing that and understanding really for the first time because as you said, and this is getting really graphic, but Playboy's yeah. not penetrative or whatever. They can't show certain so things. That was like my indication of like, oh, all right. So like this all somehow fits together. Right. I remember that image. It's burned into my mind. <laughs> it's so funny. Man. It's like a sweaty built dude. And like you just see the girl like against the wall, or whatever, you know, like her back. And so he's, he's like holding her, carrying her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and even then seeing that I wasn't a tra- I wasn't like you were at I that age I didn't it wasn't that turned on by it at all I, don't remember, I just remember being like oh yeah right. like I, that was like my understanding like to your point no one told me how this worked yeah it got branded on your brain though yeah. because that's I remember, your I remember first... if you dude if you showed me a hundred pictures that were similar to that I would be able to pick the one pick that one out yeah, of the line absolutely which like, is no so which is you know it's it's so funny because it's just so it's such an iconic thing that we all went through but you know I was saying Kyle with the with dating and you, you actually, and if you were already had, you know, quote unquote, dating girls and going steady or whatever in fifth grade, my first one was until till sixth grade. But I do remember people, you know, certain kids, and I guess really thinking back, it was the quote unquote cool kids. Because again, my public school experience was I went to school with the same kids from kindergarten, and in some cases, my preschool, all through being a high school senior, I went to the same school district throughout. So I was with the same kids throughout. And thinking back, there were kids already dating each other in like fourth and fifth grade, which I was in the throes of like G.I. Joe and Transformers during that time. I, I had no, I think maybe in fifth grade, I started to be a little more savvy as far as the way I looked. Like I wanted to, I wanted to wear a couple of swatches. I wanted to have the nice winter coat. You know what I mean? It was a, clothes were starting to be on the periphery. So it was like some kind of sophistication was just starting up. But for the most part, it was just still about cartoons and, you know, all the video games and toys and all that kind of stuff, especially Transformers in fifth grade. And then it was in sixth grade where I had my first girlfriend. And I, again, we were talking about this last night again with my with my daughter. It was sixth grade where I had my first girlfriend where we would talk on the phone and talking on the phone, you know, in the mid eighties was, that was what you did back then. There was no texting. There was no internet. It was once you started to, you know, so, you know, you would kind of pair up and sort of quote unquote going steady or your classmates kind of knew you were a thing. That was like the big thing it was like, Oh, and I remember her name was Allison. That was like the big thing. It was like, Oh, Allison and Dagan are like an item. They're talking on the phone, you know? And, Allison's best friend and my best friend were well aware of it. And then they would, you know, we would, they would kind of spread the word like they're going steady, you know, type of thing. And I remember other kids, you know, other of my contemporaries going steady with various girls. And that's where it kicked off for me in sixth grade for, for sure. And I remember it being really awkward talking on the phone. Like you would wait for the call, like hope they called because you really liked them. And then when they were on the phone, I remember just like 30 seconds worth of silence before between each sentence. Like, yeah, it's it was like, what so you, awkward. Yeah, I don't even remember what we would talk about. The important thing to note, Dagan, for people of the, of the newer generations is they'll never understand the fear of calling someone's house and not like calling a girl and just hoping to fucking God that she answers they the answer. phone. And, and not, not the, the dad. dad or the brother or the <laughs> sister or the mom. And that can't be overstated. Dude, it is a totally dead thing now. No one is doing that anymore. That died. But that was a thing that I experienced and certainly you experienced too, where yeah. it's like, I really, you dial the number and you hope for the best. It was scary as shit. You get exactly who you want. You Now you get exactly who you want. That's all the guesswork is taken out. Yeah, it's actually, I don't, I don't want to be like one of those old men yell at clouds thing, but it is really kind of boring because everyone has their own cell numbers. They're texting with each other. There's no ballsiness to it almost no. like there's no gumption like you had a really like i remember really being nervous i remember having people's phone numbers on pieces of paper i remember like just working up the nerve to do it hanging up after dialing the number like i that ha- that, that was a thing that happened oh absolutely you know? absolutely and then receiving the calls from me now i you had i'm interested in this because okay by the time i was involved in all of this everyone was gone maybe with the exception of Allie. um 
And so I never had the experience of like having to worry about my siblings answering the phone or something, but certainly <laughs> you had Dana around specifically. Yeah. So was that awkward? Like did they, did the girls tease you? Did, how, how did mom and dad take it? I don't remember. I, I always remember mom and dad being supportive. Like I never remember them making me feel awkward. There might've been a little bit of teasing on mom's part, like just like playful and not, you know, not at all prying or anything. I remember them giving us our space. You know, I think it, it harkens back to a thing we've talked about on the show a lot, Kyle, which is, you know, being a kid and being out of mom and dad's, being out of our parents' purview for hours at a time as kids, right? We'd go out and play for five, six hours. They had no idea where we were. They would assume that we were at one of, you know, five or six houses. You know, they would assume we would stay on the block because we'd get in trouble if we if we roamed off the block. Or if we were allowed around the block at a certain age, not to go three blocks. But, you know, let's face it. They didn't know where we were for hours at a time. And I think it really just, this was just an extension of that. They just, our lives were continuing. Now we were starting to date. Now we were starting to call girls. Now girls were starting to call us. You know, the girls were talking to boys. Boys were calling the house. I think it was just a thing where parents were more, they gave the kids more space back then. For whatever reason. That's just, that, that was just the culture back then. But mom and dad were always really supportive. They never made me feel funny. I talked about the story on the show, actually, where I dated a girl who thought my name was Danny. And I dated her for a couple of months. And it was one of the first girls I dated that was outside of my school district. So it wasn't a girl. It was one of the first girls I would have dated that mom and dad didn't really know who they were or didn't know their families. And, you know, it was one of those things, again, where I met her at a, a movie theater. It was like a really big meeting spot for us kids growing up in junior high going into high school and it was so loud in there and you know i had a weird name and i grew up with let me also also preface this by saying i had a weird name where not what when not a lot of people had weird names yet like unique names weren't a thing yet you know like colin was a pretty outlandish name in 1984 you didn't hear it that often but Dagan, to name somebody Dagan in 1973, I mean, that was like insane. So when I met girls, they were like, <laughs> they thought that it was like, they, they thought my name was Damon or Danny or, you know, David. And I got tired of correcting them after a while. So when this girl said Danny on the fourth try, you know, it was like, she could have just said, I just feel like they could have guessed Freddie before they guessed Dagan. Like Dagan, Billy. Like it was yeah. just like, you know, by the four, I was just like, yeah, Danny. Yeah. Danny. You and know, what'd your friends think of that? Do you remember? The oh, they thought it was hilarious. <clears throat> and then when she, when she, but they saw me go through that time and time again. So what, you know, it just so happened that this girl lasted a while, two or three months. And one of the times she called the house, uncle Mike answered the phone. And asked for Danny. And that was the end of it. You know, that was like the end of it. It was just like between mom and Uncle Mike, I got teased ceaselessly. I mean, just that day alone, the rest of that day alone was like, I remember it was like a pool party and barbecue at the house. It must have been like 1988. Maybe it was 89. And it was, you know, Uncle Mike answered the phone. He happened to be standing. I was, it was like my worst fear because I knew she was going to call that day. You know, he was the last person I yeah. wanted to answer the phone. You know, yeah, absolutely. So that absolutely. was, you know, so that was, uh, that was the only time I ever remember being, you know, where they busted my chops. I will say this, and we're getting a little ahead. Mom and dad forbade me to have girls in my room. I remember I dated a girl named Trish, super sweet girl. I'm still in touch with her actually through Instagram. Really nice girl, and one of my first serious girlfriends. And she went to the neighboring, our neighboring school district. She went to Sayville. And I dated a lot of girls from that school. What was it about Sayville girls, man? They really liked skateboarders. And I think we were just at that age where 
we felt like whether it was true or not, but I think it was kind of true. The girls that we grew up with were so over us. We had already been together for 15, 16 years. They were just it was just like it was like looking at your brother or sister, I guess. Yeah. And also, you know, you get good Babylon, too, by the way, Babylon girls. The the uh, the the interesting thing about it to me is that and why I was so interested <clears throat> in this, too. <clears throat> I dated girls both at Bellport and outside. Yeah. Is that you can kind of like make up your own story? Not not not, not that you're lying, but you have like a blank slate with which to present yourself. Very well, without said. everyone's preconceived notions. Absolutely, about you. absolutely. Whether it's like an embarrassing thing in the past where you peed your pants or you you played with toys too late, whatever it is, right? Yeah, you like, don't. Have, it's a clean slate. Yeah, because my my longest term, like my serious girlfriend in high school, went to Sachem. Okay, that's right. And so I think that which for people that don't know is another school district on Long Island, and you know. I, it's not like we, I had a disingenuous relationship with her. It's just that I was able to present myself the way I wanted to be presented as opposed to like these preconceived notions. Yes. She was like a popular girl in her school. And it, I had no chance with those girls in my school. Right. At all. None. Right. No, I None. felt the same way. I felt exactly the same. Like no, like zero chance. No dice. It was almost like it was almost like uh, I have a story later on where I almost got with one of the popular girls and it's like I was like crestfallen. I like never forget. It was the first time I was ever heartbroken. But yeah, there's like you get to almost swing above your average or like you get to you get to again with the clean slate presentation you have a more let's call it it's like an equilibrium absolutely you know where it's like it's a more accurate representation perhaps of your social standing outside of you know not that social standing matters so us anymore but it really did and you know that's why oh it did because you know people write to me on patreon and on twitter and stuff all the time i have really deep conversations with a lot of people that write to me and thank me for things or ask me for like straight up advice should I go to college? What do I do with this girl? Wow. All this kind of stuff. And I just I answer them as honestly as I can. And the sure. one piece of advice I always give, which I reiterate constantly, is I know it's high school seems really grave right now for some of you that are listening to this. <gasps> it is so meaningless, like what is happening to you right now. No offense. No, but it really is. Like where I can't even remember half of the people's names that I had like issues with oh, or girls I did. Like it's guy, I'm telling you right now, if you're like a 16 year old and you're in the shit right now, just wait until you're 25, wait until you're 30, wait until you start paying bills, wait until you start, you have a family or a business or you're working like that shit is, it's meaningless. Yeah. Dude. Like just get through it. Cause it doesn't matter. It seems so it really dire. Every conversation, everything that happens, every social, you know, beat, Seems like the end of the world, right? But it isn't. Just do well in school. That's that would be. Yeah, it's advice. important to do. Well That's in important. Now, I want to ask you this, Dagan. Okay. Because I have a, a couple stories that I want to relay that I'm not proud of okay. about about rejecting girls. About, okay. And about almost being mean. All right. Where and I'm not a mean person, but like where you feel like you have to impress your friends or make a point or whatever the case might be. Yeah. I wonder if you remember the first time you might have rejected someone. Mm, it's a good question. Uh, and I'll, while you think about it, I'll tell. I guess I'll tell a please, couple of mine. Please, please. So when this. I was in private school, I went to private school, seventh and eighth grade for two years, uh, St. Mary's Academy in New Hampshire. Okay. And there was this girl that went to school both years. Her name was Anna. You know, in hindsight, she was a nice girl. Like she clearly had a crush on me or whatever. And I was just like, I want, I, don't, I was never really like, I never picked on people. I was never a bully or anything like that, but I was mean about it. I was like, where I was like, yeah, I don't want to be like, just leave me alone. Leave me. And I was like, why, why did I act like that? Like, why did I do that to her? And I remember when I was at IGN, she had gotten in touch with me. I don't remember if it was on Facebook or something. And I apologized to her. Like I wrote this long message where, really? I'm like, yeah, where I'm like, I'm like, listen, like, I don't know if you remember any of this stuff. I don't really remember this. The, I was 22, 23 years old, or whatever at this point. And I'm like, I'm just wanted to apologize. Like, I don't know. I, I think I was like pretty mean to you. What did she say? And she was like, it's totally fine. Like, it's not a big deal. And 
all that kind of stuff. She's like, I don't really remember the details, whether or not she did or didn't. I was glad that I at least got to do that. But the other example that I'm not proud of is that there was this girl a year younger than me when I was in high school that I had like a, a little bit of a crush on. I think I was in 11th grade and she was in 10th grade. Her name was Amanda. And she was super cute. And uh, like we, I used to stay after school, I used to like make out with her and like all this kind of stuff, like in the hallways. And then like, you'd hear, uh, you remember Bellport High School. So you remember like the far end of the science wing that faces the front of the building. Yeah. The, oh, so, yeah. So there's like a staircase that leads up there. Absolutely. There was a place where you can like lean and like make out with a girl where like you could hear anyone coming from any angle. Okay. So that's like where we used to meet. Very smart. Because the stairs would come up, the security guards or the police, because we went to Bellport High School, which is a fucking shithole. So there was like all sorts of. This cop, like a cop Cops. just there all the time yeah, and like in the parking and lot. teachers and all this kind of stuff. So like you would hear them and then you would just stand like, you know, like it was totally conspicuous. But I remember my friends got wind of it and started making fun of me about it. I don't really remember why. I think maybe it's because she was a year younger than me or whatever. Or she was a little nerdy. I was too. You were in 10th. She was in 9th. Yeah, no, I was in 11th and she was in 10th. No, that's perfectly acceptable. No, no, it, it is. But, they but, I, but yeah, they teased me about it. And I remember making up this li- complete lie, like complete lie that I don't think. And she and I have talked since then, too. And she's a perfectly nice girl. She's married. I think she has kids. But like where I never really brought this particular thing up where I was like, oh, like I have I'm seeing a girl. Mom lived in Boston at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing a girl in Boston and can't do this anymore. That's how you and, broke it Yeah. Off. And like kind of and like it was total lie. It was totally fake. And like I always felt bad about that because I was like, this girl didn't really do anything wrong. She's super cool. It, it seems like in hindsight. Yeah. I was like I maybe kind of similar, although much more primitive to your situation with the girl with the hair clips and all that kind of stuff where you just pick. You just seemingly pick all of the wrong people. Yeah. As you yeah, go yeah. on. I think which those is, are normal things. So well. I always kind of, those are the two things that I've always carried with me where I'm like, because I've been rejected. I've been cheated on. I've been all that sorts of terrible shit has happened to me. That was mostly in college, but yeah, but there, those are the things I've carried a lot of guilt from me with is just the kind of untoward, not untoward. That's not the right word. The mean way or the, the gruff way that I handled some of these situations, you know, in a, in a, in a way that was not becoming of, you know, a gentleman or, well, or, 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 or a human being. You know? That speaks to your heart and just feeling, you know, like you, ha- you, you know, you're you're expressing remorse over that. But I think those are all normal. Now, with this girl Amanda, mm-hmm. you were you were kind of bowing to the peer pressure from your yeah, friends with, her, with that, definitely, which is so unusual for me. Yeah, but everybody even goes at the to time it once. was unusual for me. You know, yeah, it was very I very str- it was very strange. You yeah, know, that whole I, situation was very strange. I'll never forget that because it was like I really liked her. But like, I don't know. It was just a weird thing where I was like, I can't. This is this is intolerable to me because my <laughs> friends are making fun of me for some reason, probably because they're jealous, you know. So, yeah, yeah wanted, they could have very well been that. I think they probably you know were. I mean? Yeah, that's funny. so anyway. Talk to me a little bit about if you have any recollections. So for me, there was one girl. She was really sweet girl, Diane. She was always a friend of mine. She lived in our neighborhood in Medford where, you know, I lived from the time I was four to the time I was around 13. And she lived a few blocks away. And she had a crush on me. She was that one girl who I knew had a crush on me from as far back as I remember. All the way through parts of high school as well. It never really stopped. But I always tried. I was never interested in her at all. Now, my best friend John and I used to tease her a lot. You know, just like boys tease girls, you know, not, I don't think it was anything too mean spirited, but just like, you know, teasing her and busting on her and stuff like that. But I don't remember ever being too, I don't remember being too mean about anything, but I do remember that crush knowing I was cognizant of her having a crush on me for a very long time, which always felt a little awkward to me because I would be with various girls from the age, you know, from around sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. And 
one of her best friends, Sue, was a good friend of mine as well. So I remember that always being a little awkward, like, oh, I know she has a crush on me, so I hope this doesn't, like, bother her that she sees me with this girlfriend or whatever. Like, feel, feeling, like, a little bit bad for her about it, you know, type of thing. Because I was never interested in her. And, you know, I was nothing to, like, write home about. It wasn't like I thought I was above her or anything like that. I just wasn't into her, you know what I mean? It wasn't one of those things. She was more just a friend. And then I had a, an incident, not an incident, but there was a girl who I remember, one of the really smart kids, like probably graduated like third or fourth in the class when I graduated high school. This girl, Heather, she was really, really nice. She had a crush on me from early in high school, all through high school, I would say. And I knew it. I don't know if one of her, you know, I went to, I was on a a certain scholastic track with a lot of those kids just through English. I, I didn't, I didn't have honors classes or AP classes except for English. I was always in honors and AP English. So I was always around like the valedictorian, the salutatorian and all those kids like that squad of kids. I was with them in English class all through high school. And she was one of those kids. And it wasn't really a problem until we worked on the school newspaper together. And I started on the school newspaper as a writer in 10th grade, and then I did a few things. I did a comic, like a re, um, a recurring comic strip, and I wrote a lot of fiction for the what do you, what did they call it? The other half, yeah, I think which that's was where, the belt, which was Bellport's yeah, like literature. Funny. You know, the other that's half funny, of the. Man. Um, I worked that's on a throwback. that, and she was the editor starting in 11th grade, and that's when it started to get a little awkward because I knew she had a crush on me. I think one of her friends at one point on a field trip in 10th or 11th grade told me about it, and it made me feel uneasy. Not because she wasn't nice. But just because she was a little, she was a little bit forward about it. She wasn't, she wasn't crude or crass about anything. But she was like, you know, acted like she had a crush on me. You know, she wasn't trying to hide it. She wasn't. It wasn't covert in any way. And I remember it being almost like feeling like my first feeling of like there's a conflict of interest going on here because she's like editing my stories and stuff like that. You know, so. I remember that always feeling a little awkward, like, oh, I wish I wasn't dealing with this. Or I wish, like, I could, I wish I was interested in her so I could at least date her and make this worthwhile because it was really awkward. But it wasn't, again, I don't think she was trying to do anything obnoxious. I don't think she was trying to make me feel uncomfortable. It just was uncomfortable inherently because of the situation. But that's really the only other thing I remember, Kyle, that I sort of regret, and I'm regret, I'm expressing regret for another reason now. There was this girl, Jen who was in, she was a year older than me in school. And I remember her being in 11th grade and I was in 10th grade. And she was one of the really popular kids. Not only was she a year older than me, she was one of the really popular kids. And in retrospect, she liked me a lot. And I just didn't see it. You know, every morning I would be waiting outside my classroom. I think my homeroom was French at that point with Miss Gerard. <laughs> and for some reason, Miss Gerard was always late. So we were always standing outside. And Jen would come up to me every single morning and talk to me and she was like again she was one of the cool kids like hanging out with the varsity football team and all that kind of stuff and i wasn't you know i was just a little skater kid i had a really i was very low-key in high school i wasn't really like demonstrative or loud and i kind of was just chill with everybody and i kind of purposely tried to blend into the scenery a little bit um i wasn't really interested in socializing i mean girls were great but i wasn't really interested in socializing with anyone outside my circle I didn't really you know I had gotten bullied a little bit as a younger kid and that had ended in by the time I was in junior high school like probably seventh grade and above so I didn't want to you know I was just trying to get through it you know what I mean it wasn't I didn't re I wasn't like overly fond of going to high school and I think 
you know, unfortunately, and I don't mean to speak ill on Bellport. I think a lot of it was because it was Bellport. I was just over it. You know what I mean? The, I didn't think that, you know, I was just, I think everybody was just so over each other at that point, you know, but Jen in retrospect really did like me and I could have, you know, it would have been interesting to pursue that because she was a popular kid and stuff like that, but she was a really sweet girl. Like she was just a really nice, like really kind hearted girl besides being extremely cute, you know? So that was always one of those things like, you know, do you have anything like that where you're like, damn it, that, that girl like really dug me and I didn't. I wasn't like receptive to the signals. Yeah, there was. So I guess the one there's like a one tragic story in high school that again, I'll never I'll just never forget it because it was just so, so tragic. I even, I'm not even going to use names with this because like it's, just, it's so there was there was this girl that I had chemistry with. And I mean, the class chemistry and she was my lab partner. OK. And she was like one of the popular girls. And we over the t- over like the year you know, as the year progressed, we like built a rapport and ended up like really liking each other. And I was kind of like a nerdy, you know, n- I was fine with everyone. I never really was, uh, as we discussed in the past, I wasn't really picked on or anything. I just kind of was like a bookish kind of dude. I, but in 11th grade, when I took chemistry with her, um, that's when I started like dressing in button downs and like, you know, slicking my hair up. Like, you know, I had like the, the wall, you know, the, the cool late nineties thing where people like would spike the front of their hair. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I remember you looking like that and just trying to like kind of ease into it a little bit. And I really ended up like liking this girl a lot and she liked me too. And it was really weird. We'd talk on the phone all the time. We would talk on aim. So this was like the internet age now and something happened and I really do not remember the specifics, but some, she had a younger sister that was a year younger than us. Okay. So like they were just, it was kind of like you and Dana. Yeah. And for some reason, like word got out that I was like trying to hit on or get with her sister, which is not true. Like, it's just not true. It never happened. Never happened. And she I remember like basically like just froze me out like that was it that was the end that was the end like after like a year of like just almost courting each other yeah and like we would go she would come over I'd go to her house like nothing ever happened right just friends what the one thing I do remember is that she started talking about us having sex that's like like in the weeks before and she was like very overt about it 11th grade yeah she like had lost her virginity already to someone she was like so she was like gonna yeah this was like right before or around when I was starting to date my long-term girlfriend in the other school. But I remember like just being like crestfallen. Like I was bummed, dude. I remember like crying over it. Like wow. at home because I really, really liked her and she, and it wasn't true. Like I, like it wasn't, it just didn't happen. Wow. You know? That's and so I, I'll always remember that. It was like such a bummer. You were like, sabotaged, man. I feel like. Probably. Yeah. Who did that. I don't know. And it's like, it's such a bummer because it, it really like, I understand why she would be upset about something like that, but it didn't happen. You yeah. know, like it, it straight up just didn't happen. So, so I remember that and that was like the first time I was really like, you know, broken up over someone, you know, like really, really bummed out. Cause I, it just, I couldn't believe that it was like, everything was go 11th grade was a good year for me. Like everything was like going right. Hockey was going right. My friendships were going right. This super hot popular girl like liked me and like ingratiated me to all these people. I think that that's the reason why by 11th and 12th grade, I was really cool with everybody. Like I was becoming, I never want to say I was popular. That's not true at all. But like, you know, the senior atrium and all those kinds of things. And like going to football games and like the football players all liked me and the the cheerleaders all liked me and I was cool. Like, I don't think anyone like wanted to be with me, but I was like accepted part of their Yeah. And that feels click. good. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, I think I told you I had a friend, named Dave, who was kind of like in this group as well. He was like a real bookish kid, but he was like cool with all the football players. And 
everyone would hang out in the atrium or everyone would hang out in the lunchroom, like, you know, 20 people, whatever the girls and some of the football players, whatever. And Dave and I would always sit with them, like amongst them. And we would play chess. Okay. And I remember that being like, so interesting. He and I would play chess and everyone else was dicking around. And like, we were all cool with each other and stuff. And that continued for me even without this girl. But I remember being really quite heartbroken about it. And what's interesting is that when I moved to San Francisco, she and I talked very briefly for like a few weeks. Oh, like, I don't remember how we got Online, in touch. And like, somehow, yeah, like email. something like that. And we're going back and forth. She's married and has kids now. But yeah, I rem- I just, rem- you know, and I've had, you know, several girlfriends since then, obviously, since we ta- last spoke. But I remember that being like a real bummer. That's such a, you know, what's interesting about this story, Colin, where I think about it. Can you imagine, like, are you the type, like, what this girl did to freeze you out? based on a rumor that she heard without even really getting your take on it, without even inquiring. Like we built up this rapport, a little bit of a courting process. It was exciting. We spent all this time together. It was leading somewhere. I felt like we really liked each other and to just freeze you out, snap of a finger, right? Without even pursuing like the truth, or maybe there was an inkling of like at least getting your side of the story. Could do, I mean, that's like a power. I'm not sure that's a good power, but like, I don't think I would have the power to do that. I think I would try to at least get the other person's take on it. Maybe at the end of it, maybe after we have that initial conversation or two, I'm I'm, I'm super angry, if not angry at the end of it. But just to try to try to, you know, come to terms with things or compromise or explore what really happened. Is this true? Is it not true? Let's have a conversation. I don't see you being able to do that. So that must have been particularly frustrating for you because... That would frustrate the hell out of me if somebody doing that. Yeah, I mean, the like at least let me explain myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's at the time I kind of felt like, you know, she's loyal to her sister, but at the time I always felt like maybe she was just trying to get out of it, which okay. uh, which is which is fine. And she I don't know as an excuse. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true or not. I like, don't know. It, you know, it's what's funny about it, Dagan, is like almost to the day by the time we're recording this, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but yeah, it's like eighteen years ago. You know, like it's 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 amazing to think that like more than half of my life even passed since this happened. Right. And I, I was si- I think I was 16. It was like it was early 2001, I think. Yeah, you were 16, 11th grade. 16. And but I remember being I was just so bummed about it because none of like the hot, cool girls really wanted anything to do with me at Bellport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did. And like really wanted something to do with me. Like was totally overt. Didn't care who saw her with me or yeah. like, like it was cool. I felt ni- like I felt. Which sounds like she's a cool person because you're very conscious of image, especially I would say, especially the popular kids during boys and girls during that age. Yeah, absolutely. So you she know? she was cool. I, and I remember, you know, that was a bummer just because like I had a girlfriend before her and then a girlfriend after her. In high school. Yeah. Like I dated actually my first. So I guess we can we can segue into this. And I'm curious about this. Like, do you remember your first real kiss? Like your first yeah. real kiss? Yes. So mine was in I was in what was I? in? I was in 10th grade. So that was, this was like the first real kiss. I dated a girl a year older than me. What's funny about this girl? She went to Northeastern. We, we still keep in touch today. And she went to Northeastern a year ahead of me and she was there. We used to hang out at, at in college. Like nothing ever happened. Like it was, it was just like we were friendly, but she, I dated her for a few months, I think in like 1999. Okay. And she was the first girl to like really kiss me. Wow. Like, and I remember, I, I remember that. And I think it was a little later than probably most people maybe have their first kiss. When was it? It was 10th grade. So tenth, okay, but what's tenth. funny is how accelerated everything became because by the time I was like late in 11th grade, I had lost my virginity. So you went from like... 10th grade never even really having really kissed a girl wow so the end of 11th grade like having you a motor relationship you yeah. a motor from that point well i think that that's just a, a a consequence of 
not really understanding anything at the age at which, and that's kind of the point at the age in which I think I was supposed to understand this stuff. Okay. Like when I talk about Anna in private school, like not that we would sh- should be doing anything at that age, of course not, but you should probably, I think my friends were starting to develop their, you know, through puberty and all that kind of stuff, their sexual edges, it were like the, the sexual nature of who they would become. And I, I just did not develop like that. I mean, I remember even being in ninth grade at Bellport and being a, a complete fucking nerd, like ninth grade, like, Collecting Star Wars toys, reading Toy Fair at the lunch table. Yeah. Like just what reading fucking fantasy novels and like there's nothing wrong with any of that. No, but the no, point no. Is, is that I was completely oblivious. To when what you was were going, ninth, like, I would argue that was the very, very beginning of the acceptability of being a nerd. That exact time. Now, it was a very slow burn. It came around very slow. But if, you know, especially speaking of like things like Toy Fair magazine, you know. PSM all you know right. like that just that whole era I think your generation that's when it started that was the very beginning and again it took a while to really become common but uh, you know and it also speaks to call your story about that it also speaks to just everybody developing a little differently some people slower some people faster but I like the I'm very I think it's very charming and I think it's very cool and I'm a little old-fashioned, albeit I'm a little old-fashioned, but I like the idea of developing later because you're going to – I tell my kids this. You're going to have your whole life for social media. You're going to have your whole life for drama with your friends. You're going to – you know what I mean? It's like keep it – and you don't – you know, you're kind of – you're kind of – you know, preaching out into the void because they don't understand it. They no. don't have the capacity to understand a lot of these things as because as an adult, that's when we really gain the perspective. It's wisdom. Wis- wi- it's you wisdom. Can, you cannot skip the line with wisdom. You it's can't. gained with time and experience. You can't. It's, there's no way to game it. There's no way to, but you try to impart it anyway, you know, even though it's futile. But, you know, it's, it's funny because I re- there's such a charm to developing slower. And I lost my virginity after high school. So it really speaks to... Develop, but I was very interested. I mean, again, I was very interested in girls all the way from early on. But I think me not driving a car, me not sleeping with girls yet, I think that was a lot for me personally. And I'm kind of putting my heart onto the page now here for you guys and wearing my heart on my sleeve. That speaks to a lot of my Peter Pan syndrome, which I really even felt at that age. I knew why I was doing those things because I just wanted to stay a kid as long as possible. You know, it, it's it's funny, actually, you know, that 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 was my way of holding on to my childhood, you know, anime and video games and cartoons and toys and everything it was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to have sex with a girl. That that means I grew up, you know, but I, you know, I may have pursued various bases. It was just home bait. It was this home plate that I couldn't go to. You right. Know right. I mean? It was just my it own twisted logic. I can't drive a car, but I could get driven around everywhere by my older friends. You know, which basically means they're spending all the time and money and gas money and everything. You know, it was selfish. I was the same way. All my friends you know, drove at me. It was like, I, I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow up. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that was, again, my own. Now, I, I have to give a shout to your friend. You know, we're going back now to your New England school days. Uh, Rhiannon, because you brought mm-hmm. her up on the podcast yeah. before. Did her parents name her after the Fleetwood? Mac? I would assume so. It has. She has to be named after a Fleetwood right. Mac song, which is freaking amazing I, every time you say her name like that's the best name ever yeah, yeah. i'm not even gonna throw her last name out there because it's such a great full oh, she has a great name. Full name yeah but such I, a cool name such a cool name um and god i mean i the last time i spoke to rhiannon's probably like 1995 so we're wow. talking about something that happened like a long time ago yeah dude that's a long time ago but yeah so everything kind of accelerated but back to the question i asked you earlier because we got distracted please w- tell me about your first like your first real kiss yeah my first real kiss remember it very succinctly now i'll use her first name her name was maria 
And you know what's funny about a car? I was in seventh grade, and I believe it was my very first house party. Now, I don't know how big. I'd like to explore this a little bit and find out, but I don't know how big. And I could. my, my wife is a high school teacher, so she could speak to this, but she's very juiced in with the kids, and they really love her. You know, my, my wife's a high school art teacher. And, but I don't know how much house parties are a thing now. I like to talk to you about your generational perspective with this as well, you know, coming a decade later. But for me, house parties were a big thing starting in junior high school into high school. Huge. It was everything. It was the whole social, it was the whole social thing outside of school. My very first house party was the neighborhood right across the street from Bellport Middle School. And my friend Maria lived in that neighborhood and she had a house party and she was a friend of mine. And we played spin the bottle and it landed on Maria and she was my first kiss. And I remember she had like way too much like banaka binocle in her mouth. But that was like, I'll never, ever forget it. Like she was a friend and I wasn't attracted to her. So it was like kind of awkward in a way, but you're playing spin the bottle. You know, it's like, that's like peer pressure personified. Yeah. Spin the bottle. So weird. you can't, you're playing, you can't duck out of it. Whatever happens happens, right? You can't chicken out. You know, so that was that was my very first kiss. Mm. And she had and I, I believe she had a crush on me. And that was the type of thing where it was like, oh, man, this is kind of feeling like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, I wish it could be as simple as elementary school. Like we were always friends. And now she, you know, she likes me more than friends. And I don't like her. And now it's awkward and I feel bad. And why can't it just be more like third grade when we all, you know what I mean? Right, like right. feeling that sort of that regret of like what's happening now. But I'll never forget how fun that party was in that that first kiss. I had a crush on actually her friend, I think Lisa, who I later dated probably in eighth grade. But I, that's who I was really hoping the you know every time you played spin the bottle, right? And I want to talk to you about spin the bottle. But every time you played spin the bottle, you had that one person that you hope it, you you were hoping it would land on. Every time, I would imagine everybody in that circle has that one person. That did you ever play that? Did you? Yeah, ever play I did. That I don't remember ever like being. Uh, as far as I remember, like it never landed on me or anything like that. Oh, you never I, had the no, because I, I remember all these mystical things, like all these mystical games that were being played. Like, se- what was it, Seven Minutes in Heaven or yep. something like that? Yeah, I don't think I never. I don't know anyone that probably ever did that. I saw that go down at house parties for sure. It's like so. There's like now, who these... knows what they were doing in the closet? Yeah, maybe they were just like, okay, we're in here now. They think we're cool. You Ex- know, exactly. Like I, I feel like maybe things like that were happening. I don't know. I, I went to some house parties. Like again, again, eleventh and twelfth grade. It started to get a little bit more wild. I remember one very specific house party that was really crazy, okay. like where it was, seemed like everyone in my grade was there. Like, Everybody was. Just, was I remember there. people dancing on tables, and it was like it was like crazy. I, I remember just being. I was with like a few of my friends, and this is when I like kind of started smoking weed and drinking. And I remember being, I, and it was within walking distance of Dad's house on Woodland. So I was like, oh, wow. it was on South Country Road. It was one of the big houses on South okay. Country Road. Okay. And. I remember just being like, this is fucking crazy. I I I think it was like right after 9-11. If I remember, it was like October or November of 2001. And people were just like kind of letting loose. And I think it was like because of my exposure to the more cool kids and that crew, I guess, in 11th and 12th grade. Maybe they have always been doing this. But for me, I, you know, I liked it still to this day. I like being alone or I like being like a small, intimate group of people right. or something like that. I fucking hate parties. Like as an adult, I've avoided them as at all costs, like wherever I can. Like I'll go to a New Year's party or if someone's having like a housewarming party, but I'll make any excuse I possibly can to not. You won't stay long. I hate it. 
type, I just, type thing. I'm one of those guys, though, that, like, I don't want to go anywhere. And then once I'm out, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, then get, I'm like, I'm having a great time. A nice time. I'm drunk. And I'm like, oh, you know. Absolutely. But it's hard to get me out of the house. And as I get older, I feel bad for Erin a little bit because she likes to go out and do things. I really like to just go out and eat. As you know, I like yeah. to go out and go just out to eat. The restaurant. And, yeah, like, nice restaurant. Yeah. Spend some good money on some great food and drink and eat and have, like, an intimate evening. And come home and smoke a joint and watch, you know, the office or something like that's like yeah. my ideal yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. My ideal night is not like going and raving around and fucking being wild. And LA is wild. You know, I live in LA now for two years and it's fucking crazy. Yeah. There's a lot at your disposal. It's a big city. Yeah. Especially Santa Monica. Like there's just always something going on. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. around there's kids, you know, people in my building always partying and like, always is there? Yeah. Which is fine. I don't care. I mean, do what you want. It's not like you only can hear when you open the door or the windows and everyone's like outside on their balcony. Sure. Sure. Actually, you know the place across from me. There's a, so I live in like a, a a pretty nice new apartment building, but we live in the back of it. So we face, as Dagan knows, we face another apartment building. Yeah, and I I think it's an Airbnb, like the one that's like right across from oh. us. And I saw it was crazy. Like Erin was gone. I think she was in Massachusetts or something. And I remember there was like these two guys like fighting in the apartment, like fist fighting, and then it spilled out onto the balcony. No and these way. girls like screaming, and really, it was wild, dude. I like I think I even got some of it on video. Shit. Um. So, yeah, so I think I just came around a little bit late. And then, as you said, for me, I think things accelerated a little bit. A lot of it was because I, you know, I had a, a, a really st- you know, like a steady girlfriend in, you know, my last half of high school, basically, for about a year and a half, two years. That's long we were, for high school. We were on and off. And, you know, that was another one that I misplayed completely. Like I was at the end, I was mean. I was dismissive. I went off to Northeastern and, you know, I didn't really care. And like, yeah, I was yeah. very dismissive of her. And. Again, totally. You weren't displayed. going out when you left. For no, no, no. Like, there's a whole. We have. She and I have a whole history, and you know, she's. She and I still talk once in a blue moon. She's married and has kids, and she's always been a sweet girl. The last time I saw her was like, she came into Brooklyn, in like 2012 or 2013 to get me from Ramon's apartment and drive me home, and that was the last oh. time I saw her. Like, she's like, hey, I, I don't know. We were talking, and she was like, oh, you're coming home anytime soon. Let's go hang out or whatever, and. I was like, okay. And I'm like, I'm actually gonna be in Brooklyn. She's like, oh, I'll come grab it. Cause I was like, I'm gonna go take the train to Ron Conquer or something. She's like, I'll okay. oh, come grab you. So that was the last time I saw her. Wow. And uh, we had a good time when we were just dicking around. We went to like, we actually went to California Diner. Did you? Re- oh, she's she's still on there. I don't yeah, know. she's or at least on at the that time. She yeah, was. yeah. She's still there. And so that was like kind of my steady girlfriend in high school. And that's the girl that I kind of lost my virginity. Well, did lose my virginity to. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but I felt so guilty that I had sex in dad's house that I told him. Did I ever? T- did you I ever did tell me? Did about I ever that. told you that? Yes. That like I held it in for like a week. Wow. And then I just in his office and my our dad's old house has an like he has a bedroom and then next to his bedroom is like his his office. His office. And I went and sat down with him and I told I told him I was like there's no not like wow who the fuck does that I, I have you no were idea. very um you were very open well, I dad, remember you being like that. Dad told me a few years ago that he's like I always knew if you did something wrong because you'd tell me you were going to tell me about it. You know, like you yeah. would, I, like, and that's true. Like I just, I had such a guilty conscience about everything, even though I wasn't really doing anything wrong. And so I remember sitting him down and telling him that I, that like that happened. Was that your first time that yeah. you talked to him about? Yeah. That okay. was like, I think the only time we ever talked to anything about that. Okay. Was that, and I remember that conversation. What really did he say? Too. What was his response? He was like stern and like, but like accepting and like, didn't judge her any differently. And she still came over and like, oh, okay. you know, I still went over there and he still had a friendly rapport with her parents, I think. And okay. That's yeah, so good. like that's good. Yeah, I I remember you know it's funny man because I didn't have sex with another girl until late my freshman year in college. That was like, you know, so it wasn't like I was sleeping around or anything like that. I would fool around with girls and stuff, but I was kind of like you where I was like I was really comfortable with this girl, so I that was like a different story. But like 
there were stories in college. Like I dis, I, when I by the time I was a freshman in college, we won't go into all that. Cause that's like when it's, that's a whole nother thing. But, yeah. That's adulthood. Um, I like rejected multiple girls in the college that like got mad at me really? for, for doing it. I remember one girl coming home with me at a party. Okay. My roommate, I had a roommate in a room this size, probably that we're in right now. We're yeah. in a room. That's probably, I don't know, like 14 by 14 or something. Yeah. And, she like wanted to just straight up have sex with me. Like, and I'm like, there, he's right there. He was a football player. We were really friendly. His name was James. He was from this area. Oh, was he really? Um, and yeah, he was from Bucks County. Okay. And, uh, she like stormed out of the room. It was like, I, I like, I remember all this stuff so well. So I was always a little bit like guarded. And even at 34 years old, you know, my friend, not that it's common for everyone, but like, you know, some of my friends have slept with like dozens of girls. Yeah. 50 wow, girls, like crazy. Right. I mean, for me, it's like fewer than a dozen. Yeah. Probably yeah. well under a dozen, actually. Probably is like it 10, well under? nine, ten. Yeah. About the same for me, too, as yeah. well. Which I think speaks to, you know, because at a certain point, well, you know, everybody comes up differently. And it depends really when you start to pursue it and what your, you know, what your goal is and all that kind of stuff. But if you, you know, it sort of becomes eventually you realize it's quality over quantity. You know what I mean? For sure. I did, I'm so glad. I never, as I said, in, I think on the show in the past, I've never had a one night stand ever. That's now. Now, I'm not, I'm not That's saying very... that as pride. I've had sex with girls once. Okay. A few of them, but they were friends. Yeah, they were. And where like the tension was so great, you had to like cut it. Then, you know? but they stayed in your life yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Like it was just like something like it was very collegiate, you know. Like whereas like I was with these girls all the time, and you know those things happened. So, so yeah, like things accelerated for me. But I was always very guarded, and I was always very reserved. I think that that's something that never really that never really shook for me. I was always a little bit, again, cautious. Not cautious. And yeah. I don't know what I was being cautious about, but just not disinterested either, but just nervous. Yeah, I guess it's probably there was a right nervousness. Yeah, but like, it sounded like you did well. I don't know what you were nervous about, but again, that just speaks to, you know, how yeah, that just speaks to confidence. And the confidence is such a learned thing, especially when you're a kid. Like, I don't think I learned confidence until I was well into adulthood. You know, I was always kind of like uncomfortable in my skin and there's that awkwardness. And, you know, you, you kind of become you know develop i mean helping to find your identity through the, the the various things for me it was skateboarding and art and everything like that that eventually builds you up but you know Akal, i know we have a lot to talk about with the audience but i want to get back if you don't mind please, just please. To the idea of the idea of dating and i wanted to explore your generational perspective with it because i have a very specific perspective with it and of course dating right i had to, i looked up the definition because i wanted to explore it from a very root from a very root perspective. So dating is a stage of romantic relationships in humans whereby two people meet socially with the aim of each assessing the other's suitability as a prospective partner in an intimate relationship or marriage. Okay? So we talk about dating. The idea of dating. I will say that my first, really my first, like many of us, my first really experience with realizing what dating was was through the media through watching tv and movies right you see dating on television you see dating in the movies now it could be growing up just watching tv shows that have a little bit a bit of a historical bent like happy days or leave it to beaver and what dating looked like during those times or a more modern thing that we grew up with like karate kid or fast times at ridgemont high or whatever 80s movies or whatever, you know, even more contemporary sitcoms of that era, like Growing Pains, The Hogan Family, whatever it was. Long right? Island's own Growing Pains. Long Island, that's right. I forgot about that. It takes place in Huntington. I forgot it takes place on L.I. But you know what I mean? So that was, but I'll tell you, and I'm going to make a very blanket statement, and I want your perspective as being a decade younger than me as well. 
that you see i'm making it a little smaller i'm saying you're only 10 years yes 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 thank you doing that yeah yeah. sneaking that in yeah shrink it down a little bit they're gonna shrink it it makes me feel a little younger so we never i have to say growing up in the 80s and 90s at least growing up on long island growing up in in the suburbs of new york city we never really dated that wasn't a thing we really just hung out and there's different iterations and we could explore it if you want to but we really hung out in groups of friends from the time we started to court members of the opposite sex, we hung out in groups, whether it was just the girl who I was interested in and her best friend and my best friend, or whether it was like a proper group, whether we were going to the movies or mini golf or meeting at the mall, which is a big thing, or just hanging out on the football football field after school. There was never really in those initial month in that initial period maybe month two months three months of getting to know somebody it was always with friends only later on if you became a full-fledged item and actually went steady did you hang out like by by yourselves and then it wasn't really like a proper social date in a social context it was more like hanging out in her room hanging out at her house she's hanging out at my house Mm -hmm. in my room you know i wasn't allowed yeah well but I, i was gonna say i have a distinct memory of you okay. like Tell i don't me. know what girl it was i, I, I walked in on you you weren't you weren't like in a state of undress but this okay. like you were so in our old house on marie court you'd go up the stairs and then you turn right like a hard right was my room and the dagan's room was like next to mine but down like a little bit of a corridor yeah a little hall and then if you walked into his room his bed at this time was against the right wall so like you wouldn't be able to see anything until you turn the corner and i used right. to just bust into dagan's room all the time <laughs> As I'm sure you know, I used to just bust into his room all the time, like just not knock, like whatever. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter if the door was closed or if it was locked. I would like ask you to open it and I probably didn't need anything important. Um, <laughs> and there was like a girl on top of you. I remember like, wow, really? Yeah. yeah like, like, did just, you ever tell me about this? Probably. I don't know. If Let me hear this. I don't remember who it was, but like she was like you were just laying on your bed and she was like on top of you, like straddling you. But you were clothed. You were probably making out or something. OK. And I remember you just being like, what are you doing? Like, get out, like, like get out of here. You know? What? Yeah. And I, yeah. I remember that like really well. Do you remember how old you were? Probably like second or third grade. There were so many girls, dude. No, I don't know. I don't know. Second or third grade. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Who, That's like, who, crazy. Yeah, I remember. I, How did you feel? Like, you remember feeling like, oh, like, yeah, I, I remember something I shouldn't have seen. Yeah, like, you didn't really understand it. Because I think I also might have walked in on mom and dad when, oh, I, was like, when no. I was young. Really? Yeah. Like, because again, so mom and dad, Shit. mom and dad's room was huge. It's a big ass room. And it their bed, really their big. their bed was like in this, in like it was in the middle of the wall, but like in the far end. So like yeah. you, it felt like it's probably not as big as I remember, but I felt like you had to walk you forever to, take a to get tram. to the fucking bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember walking into their room once, and Dad like just quickly shuffling like, you know, around like you know like and uh, and I so I think you know because I used to go like sleep with them sometimes or whatever the case might you be. So. Barging everywhere. I know. Cow. I didn't give a shit. Little Kyle with his magnet man costume yeah. on. My just little cape, my towel cape, just barging in. <laughs> That's amazing. So, oh, poor Kyle, that sucks. Yeah, I well, I could tell you that nothing was going on because I, I hadn't had sex. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember very clearly that there were. It, it just seemed older. like it just seemed like you were caught in in, in some sort of intimate moment. So yeah, so I remember that. I, really, I wonder know. which. I wonder who that was. I have a couple of ideas, but yeah, that's that's funny, man. I, you know, I, it's so funny because I don't have older siblings, so I don't have any of those experiences. But I'm almost jealous of it a little bit because it seems kind of funny, you know, to be the little the little pesky. Not that you were pesky; you were such a good kid. You were so cute, 
And I don't, I never be, I never remember you being, and I'm not just saying this. I never remember you being like, oh, get the hell out. Like you're bothering me. I never remember feeling like that with you. You know, it was so different with having sisters that were closer in your age. Cause you just bothered the shit out of each other, you know? Especially went with me and Dana because we were so close in age, there was like a real sibling rivalry. Right. Yeah, you were practically Irish twins. Yeah. So it's it's uh, so that's interesting yeah. Yeah. to hear those experiences. But you know, I wanted to get your context on dating, Carl, because mm. again, from from sixth grade when I first started to be you know going steady with girls and calling them on the phone, all the way through junior high school and high school and dating girls, whether it was girls that went to school in Bellport or neighboring school districts, I dated girls all over New York. You know, all over Long Island. All over the tri-state area. All over the tri-state. Later on, it was the tri-state area. Later on. But in, in my 20s, we tackled the tri-state. It was just Long Island at that time. But, you know, it always felt like the same thing. And it, I, I don't think it was just us. I don't think it was just our, you know, school district or neighboring districts or, our, you know, our area. I think it was a thing of our generation. I think what was being portrayed on the media was just not up to date. I just don't think it was up to date. I think kids were hanging out in groups. It was much more like I don't like do did you ever go out for like the malted milkshake and share like no no it wasn't a thing no it wasn't I, it was always a group dynamic for me too with the, you know rare exception even if it would split off into groups or from that group into like smaller subsections of someone was going to see this movie or someone sure. was going to do this or whatever sure, the case sure. might be that makes sense yeah but no I never had an experience like that the one thing I do I do have a funny memory of my friend Steven who's a great guy um very successful now today uh he and i just talk every so often and i remember going to a restaurant at smith haven mall with him and his girlfriend like as a third wheel i always used to hang out with them that was not a big deal but i remember putting him on the spot to make him pay for her dinner <laughs> what did you do you said like, like i said something like, i was like oh you're gonna pay for you're gonna pay for her dinner and he was like so mad he must have fucking hated you because you know, it was like you know a 50 dollars bill or something like that which is so much money when you're like 16 oh or my god years it's old. the end of the world yeah and i remember him being so mad i was like why did i do that oh my god that's um, funny but yeah, no, I, I I remember even like even when I was a senior, I was when I was a senior, I hung out with some some funny kids that um, I think I've just discussed them in the past. Like a couple of them are like New York City cops now and stuff like that. It's, so it's it's funny to think back on them. But, you know, these guys used to always like roll as like a crew of like four or five guys. And I was kind of with them for a little while. And but even like they would go like hook up with girls or whatever, but like do it as a group where like they would go to a like one girl's house, her parents weren't home and then they would all like kind of split off yeah. into different rooms that or whatever the like case might be. a typical thing. You know, you so know? It, yeah, it was never like the thing like, let's go share the milkshake and, right. you know, we'll hold hands by the bay or something. I don't, I don't remember. Ever doing and you're that. not mobile. You know, a lot of it has to do with you don't have your own car. You're, you're depending on your, where are you going to go? You're going to have a date, your parent. I mean, maybe that happened, but it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to meet Sally at the movie theater. Her parents are going to drop her off. You're going to drop me off. We're going to, and then you're going to, you know, it's just not practical. You know, it's more practical to hang out with friends. It's more comfortable. It's more social. It's it's a better, and I, I would argue it's a better way to get to know somebody because there's more comfort and security in that. Yeah, there's no pressure. And interaction with other people too, which helps you get to know a person. Yeah. You know, only later on, really, like three or four months into it, two, maybe two, two or three or four months into a thing, do I remember being one-on-one -on -one with a girl where it's becoming more serious and you're becoming more of a thing. Then it's like, okay, you're hanging out with them and doing things and you know, going to girls' prom, various proms was a big thing, even though I didn't go to my own. You know, I didn't go to my own prom or junior prom. No, me either. But I went to a lot of other ones. Oh, I, I didn't go to lot. any. I, I didn't would go say to... four or five. Wow, that's a lot. I, I didn't go to any. I, I'd never had that experience. No, you never did? I it's was so anti-authoritarian, like so anti-authority and anti like what was cool and whatever. That was like, no, I, I can't. You were over that. I can't go to the cotillion. That's... I can't go to the prom. <gasps> 
the fuck out of here. That's so funny. And it was stupid. I mean, I don't know why. I, I, you know, I think I've always had this problem. I still have this problem, I think, today of putting myself out there and being rejected. I've always there's I a think, fear of that. Yeah, I think I've always kind of carried that with me. I think that that's a, a huge reason why I think I'm like such a loner, you know, is because I just don't even want to deal with the the power of rejection. Maybe it goes all the way back to that situation in the spring of 2001. For Can me. you imagine? Know. It's crazy. It's crazy to think. So, yeah, it's it's super interesting. No, I agree with you, though. And I think the other thing, though, is that by the time I was in like 12th grade, because me and the girl that I was with for like a really long time, we were always on and off and stuff like that. So I remember like my friend Chris who ended up joining the military later and a few other guys, like I, Steven, I mentioned earlier, like there would always, they'd always be dating these different girls and these girls from Babylon or from Saville or whatever, Pat med. Exotic. And they'd, oh yeah, exotic girls. And they'd always have <laughs> like friends. And I remember like making out with a few of them or whatever. I, like, it's sad to say, I don't even remember these people's names. You know, like when you like get to this weird muddled part of my life where I'm like, I don't even remember who you are. Like it's a blur. It's like a two week thing. It's such a you know? blur, right? Yeah. Talking to girls on AIM or on, and then you just never talk to them again. And then it's over. And I like literally don't even like you could put all of them in front of me. And I'd be like, I don't Chris at that age. You're just, I mean, I know I was, you're just like half out of your mind. You know, it's chemical things going on inside your body. And just like, you have so much, you know, there's so much pressure and everything's changing and you're growing up. It's just, it's hectic, dude. It, it's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. You know, but I, it's really striking to me. I get actually kind of angry because I still feel like the media hasn't really, I mean, TV is in its golden age now, I would argue. And there's so many wonderful things to watch, not only on television that airs, you know, on TV, but on subscription services and everything as well. But it's, it's kind of striking that the media never really got it right. Like I never, I don't remember ever seeing something and being like, oh yeah, that's really how it is. You know, groups of friends hanging out, you know, walking to the park, getting a drink at the deli, going to hang out in groups. You know, you're trying to hook your friend up with your girlfriend's best friend, but one of them's not interested in the other. You know, that whole thing. It just seemed like that dynamic just happened over and over again. I would say even into college, you know, when I did have proper dates, like the few proper dates I have that I wrote down. You know, and anecdotes and funny things, if we get to them, you know, that didn't happen really until college and after, you know. So, you know, it's very telling that it it seems to have shifted somewhere. And, I, you know, the only thing I can think of, Kyle, is maybe in an urban environment, like growing up in a city, maybe it was different because you have access to so many more things and so much more convenience. You don't have to rely on your elders and your parents to shuffle you around. You could go to the movie, you could go to the museum, you could go to the nice restaurant, you could go to the go to the water, whatever it is, right? You could So I'm very interested in that. I have absolutely no perspective on that at all cuz I grew up in the suburbs, but that would be the only thing I could see, okay, maybe if you're in the inner city, dating was more of a thing because of access. But certainly in the suburbs, it just, it wasn't even convenient. You know, and but even when we got cars, even those kids that were, pre, you know, those the motorheads and the kids that really wanted a car at 17 and really wanted their independence, which I don't blame them. Even that they weren't dating. You know what I mean? Like they were every everything was groups. You know, everything was groups of friends. So, you know, it's funny that you have a very similar perspective, even being, you know, from a completely different generation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I just think about my friends with cars and, you know, when they started getting cars in New York, you get your junior license at 16. Yeah which basically lets you drive to work and to school, but no one gave a shit. Everyone used their junior license to just do whatever they want. For whatever. Yeah, like I, I, that was a generational thing, I think, across all generations, probably still to this day. 
because in New York, I don't know if it's still still a rule, but I don't. I think if you didn't take driver's ed and didn't have your junior license, you couldn't get your license until you were eighteen. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that's right. So I would have been in college by the time I was even eligible to get my license in New yeah, York. Yeah, which is funny. But I, all my friends had their junior licenses. Cody and and Chris and all these guys. And I actually, Anthony, your friend John's little brother, who yeah. I used to hang out with a lot in high school. I remember like he drove like a GMC Jimmy or whatever. And like he we weren't interested in girl. Like he would just he used to get his kicks out of like running over garbage cans on Old Stump Road and shit. <laughs> you know, like it was like when you think back on these things, it's like everyone really was out of their mind. Oh, my God. Like these are the craziest shit. Like I don't even know like half the like what was it? What was what is happening? here? I know. I look back and I'm like, dude, what was I even thinking about? That's why I try to be patient with kids because I'm like not so much kids, but especially teenagers, because I'm like I was. I consider myself a good kid. I did good in school. I went to a good college. I did my best. I had my moments, obviously. But there are things I did where I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Like, dude. like what did I, what what am I what did I do? You know, not that I ever like hurt any individual or anything like that. But I I got in trouble for smashing mailboxes. Oh, you know? yeah. I got like I, but like, when you think back on it, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're not even thinking about it from like, no, from like the destructive perspective. Yeah, no, you're not. It's you're horrible. Just horrible. Not. It's completely off your radar. That's like the worst thing I ever did, right? Mailbox and, baseball. Yeah, mailbox baseball, which I got inspired by Stand By Me. I mean, I'm totally honest with you. That's oh, where we got. That's where we did. got inspired. That's what everybody. And from. it was, you know, we got in trouble for that when I was in 11th or 12th. I think I was in 11th grade, and that scared me. That was like the one thing where I'm like, "Fuck this," you know. Like, I, I know some people probably take the other road, but I was like, "No, no, like, no way." Like, you, this that's is, this is out of control. We replaced a bunch of the mailboxes, and like, did you really? Yeah. With those Rubbermaid mailboxes, yeah, those like one-piece Rubbermaid mailboxes. It was unbelievable. You know, like the like the stu- some of the stupid shit that everyone does. And I was just like kind of a good, you know, I guess not that oh, good. Dude, but so- I was I was still, but I knew kids that were doing real degenerate shit. Yeah. And so I guess you get it out of you and everyone has their moments. But the funny thing Dave, that you brought up was like getting driven around. I always kind of took that for granted. Like our parents were like our chauffeurs. Yo, and yeah. I don't really remember ever really having, I guess I didn't ask for very much, but I don't remember really having a hard time. Like I remember dad used to bring me to Walmart like every weekend to look for Star Wars figures and we go to Toys R Us and we go to Smith Haven Mall and he'd bring me to the movies and drop me off here and drop me off at Corey's and drop me off and like didn't really seem to be a problem and in hindsight I'm like Jesus this must have been so fucking annoying <laughs> it just becomes a thing Hor- as a it must have been horrifying bringing me to the hockey arena like in center reach like three or four times a week that's a, that, and that's a trip that's a little bit of a trek you know like yeah that's part of it the hell you know like I, I don't have kids I don't know that I'm going to have kids I'm not against it but I can't imagine a situation where I'm like not like here is your Uber account. Bye. You know, like I'm not like like I'm you know I like think of that now. That's a whole thing. It's you like I'll put I'll put two hundred dollars a month into your Uber account. You can use it to get around. Just do what you, you want. Leave me the do. fuck alone. You know, like not that I drive anyway, but even for you know my you know I, I assume Aaron and I will get married one day, and you know she does drive, and even with that, I'd be like, I, I, that seems so annoying. It's I feel like lot. I could be so I feel like I'm going to be so annoyed by my kids. You know what it is, Kyle? I'll tell you, and you'll <laughs> understand this someday if you're ever a parent. Like. It's that you just feel as a parent, you're happy to be to know where they are and that first of all, it's it's built in spent time, which is nice. But and a lot of parents probably feel that way. But parents are very generous with that kind of stuff. And they always have been. You speak talking about mom and dad. They really were, too. But also, it's just you it's 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 comforting to know where your kids are. You'd rather put the time in driving 20 miles than not know where they're at or. You know what I mean? They're they're busy. They're doing activities. So they're with their friends. They're you know they're socially healthy and all that kind of stuff. So they're having fun. So that's really what you want to see. You know, rather than them getting into trouble or you know idle hands and all that kind of stuff. So 
I think that's really a big part of it as a parent, but it, it, it gets to be a lot of work. It gets to be a lot. Yeah, it seems completely obnoxious, to be honest. <laughs> now, Dave, I guess we should consult with the listeners uh, and what I they submitted, because I think this will maybe draw some things out of us that we haven't talked about yet as we wrap can't things up. Um, so remember, if you support us on Patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand at the $2 or up uh, per month level, you get to submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas to the show. We let you know the topics early and ahead of time, and then I compile them as we meet here in Philadelphia or over in Santa Monica. We're in Philadelphia right now. So let's read some of these, and some of them are just store, one-off stories. Some of them, I think, end with questions. We can see where we go from okay. here. So Sounds thank good. you all for submitting your questions. Benjamin wrote into us and said, I have had some great first dates, some awful first dates, and some meh first dates. But my first, but for my first first date ever, I was going to the movies, and my dates stood me up. This was in the oh. time before mobile cell phones were commonplace, so it was a communication breakdown as opposed to something more sinister. Our official first dates happened, and it was great. My worst first date, I realized after about five or ten minutes that I had nothing to say to the gal, and it was awful. In the end, she played the friend is sick fake call card and I could not have been happier as I did not know how to nice to say this is awful and I am leaving. Suffice to say that after saying goodbye, I deleted her number from my phone after taking five steps and never spoke to her again. On the plus side, we did go to this place in Melbourne, so he's Australian, I guess, oh, nice. called the Ice Bar, which is a bar made out of ice. I've been to an ice bar or I don't know what it was called, but I went to one in Cologne, Germany. Oh, wow. That was very similar to that. That, that was like all made of ice near the Cologne Mesa where Gamescom, the horrendous games convention called Gamescom is. <laughs> what a shit show that is. I fucking hate that place. Dude, have you ever seen Gamescom or read about it or no, anything like that? No. It's the biggest game show in the world. It's okay. a consumer show and a trade show. It is a nightmare. Hundreds of thousands of people go from all over Europe. Really? And I never ever want to step foot in Germany again because of the because two of the, the two Gamescoms I went to. It was horrible. Germany was an early adopter of video games, right? They were very early involved very early with the business, as yes. far as I know, right? Well, yeah, because the German economy is so vibrant and so robust in Europe. Yeah. You know, the biggest economy over there that I think that yeah, the, them and obviously Britain. Right. With PC game or not PC gaming, but like, you know, the their spectrum and whatever weird ass shit they were playing over there. So, yeah, no, but I, Germany is a lovely country. Again, I've been there twice, but yeah, the Gamescom is horrifying. But I did go to an ice bar like that. So thank you, Benjamin, for your submission. Tyler Mitchell wrote into us, Dagan. Hey, Tyler. Said, there was this girl I had a huge crush on in high school, but we were friends. So it took a while for her and I to go out once, or for her to go once with me. I was so nervous, so naturally I had a horrible stomach ache. So throughout the course of The Incredibles, I had a shit three times. Oh, no. Vi violent diarrhea. Being a teenager and sitting around girls was hard. Yeah, it's so funny how young some of you guys are, The Incredibles. You made a dash for the bathroom? I can totally, I totally sympathize with you though, Tyler, because I have, as my family knows and close friends, I have notoriously, I have notorious stomach problems and colon problems. I've had more colonoscopies and endoscopies than like an 80 year old. You've been better with that though, no? It's actually has improved. Feeling? It actually has improved. I haven't had, I used to have these things I used to call episodes. I don't know what they were. These crippling things where I thought I was like dying. I remember, I remember this. And the last one I had was when I quit IGN, I was home for New York Comic Con at Dad's on the Island and that was the last time I had like a horrifying episode. Oh, that's good. That so that was, that was in the end, like, but I used to get them every few months. It was nerves. And now I'm just, you know, I'm aloof, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Straw Hat Ninja wrote in us and said, my first date involved me asking for a non-smoking table at a restaurant that didn't even allow smoking and trying to sum up the courage to hold her hand in the movie theater. Did you guys do anything embarrassing on your first date? I like that Straw Hat Ninja brought up the grabbing of the hand. Do you remember? Do you, I do distinctly remember. Okay. The maneuvering, the putting of the hand on like the hand rest, sure. the like shuffling over of the hand, you know, like also leaning in for talking about movie, like more of a movie or sitting yeah. next to a girl, whatever, whatever the situation might have yeah, been yeah. like. Just everything going through your mind, you know, especially leaning in for a first kiss or something like that. Very nerve wracking. I remember I went on one movie date that I remember with the girl who thought my name was Danny. Tiffany, her name was. And it sucked. 
And I remember, but I remember doing that whole thing of like, because you just want to hang out and talk. And I think it was early on, like you can't, you're just sitting there watching a movie together. You know, it's like, you're just sitting there facing in the same direction, like not communicating with you. But I do remember doing the arm, you know, how awkward it was to do the arm around the thing. And, you know, is she... How would a girl re- reject that? I don't know. It's not like they could Sh- shrug over, away or something. Move the, yeah, move, move down a seat. A seat. Like if you're going with one of your boys and you sit like a seat away from each other. <laughs> then you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. That macho thing. I hated that, by the way. I always thought that was weird. Why? People leaving do- space? Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, Put the coats in there. It's I think it's just weird to feel like you need to sit a space away from you. Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> Gives a shit. <laughs> And again, I'm such an old jaded man now. I don't even care about anything. I go out in my fucking sweatpants and like, oh my God, bless you. I always bring up to Aaron, one of my favorite Seinfeld moments is when Elaine is dating the guy who discovers that he's bald. Do you know the the, the one I'm talking about? Where I remember he, it. He shaves his head for years, but then he lets it grow in and realize that he's actually bald. I think I do remember. And he, when he figures it out, he goes into a deep depression and she meets him at the diner the next day and he's wearing like a sweat, like a gray sweatsuit and he has like a huge grease stain on it. And she's like... <laughs> She he's she they're eating and she he's like what she's like what happened to your shirt and he's like oh I I dropped a meatball sub on it and she's like you ate already and he's like no it's from yesterday <laughs> which is like one of my favorite like <laughs> favorite so throwaway things in Seinfeld because I totally relate to that that's you know? so great <laughs> there was, was nothing no way to make that good make that right it's awesome that's the greatest Finley House wrote in to us and said hi guys hey guys I wanted to share a quick memory of my first date I was 16 years old and was set up to go on a group date with a girl from my group of friends it was meant to be casual and kind of an icebreaker into the world of dating which was okay with me as the other girl in the group was someone I actually was interested in I thought even if I'm not with the one I want at least I'm getting some face time anyway we started by watching a movie and before the movie began I jokingly made the move of yawning and putting my arm around her I immediately laughed said just cutting and pulled my arm back but as I did I noticed some disappointment in her face we spent the rest of the movie way too close to each other but I was too scared to make to move to the edge of the couch for fear of hurting her feelings it wasn't until later i found out she liked me and was hoping something might happen that night did either of you totally let down a date without realizing it you guys are awesome and i love everything about the show keep up the great work thank you finley you're awesome finley i'm sure i let down a lot of girls without (laughs) knowing it so i mean that's kind of my simple answer to that you know my simple answer is hey it's me (laughs) (laughs) you are who you are of course not Patrick Molloy wrote into us and said, in junior Patrick. high, my biggest fear on first dates was running out of stuff to talk about. To counter this worry, I'd write out a list of 20 questions or so and keep it in my pocket for the entire duration oh of the outing. Oh my Addy. God, that's great. You're a huge nerd, Patrick. Wow. Just in case, you know, did you have any specific worries or tricks to keeping well-composed when with a girl? Not really. Not, I didn't. No. Not not that nerdy. I'm Patrick. a natural, Patrick. I don't want to keep that one to yourself. <laughs> Jeshua Anderson wrote into us and said, I remember my first date. Me and a buddy took two girls to Winterball, but first we took them to one of the most expensive restaurants in Seattle called Palisades. It's on the water and the floor is an aquarium. I was so hyped and treated my date like a queen. I spent $450 on our dinner that night. This is in 1998 money. Whoa. As soon as we got to the dance, she disappeared and I never saw her again. Did you guys ever blow stupid amounts of money on pointless dates as teens? Dude, that's like $29,000 today. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? That's a lot of money. I never spend that much money on dinner to this day. Sometimes I do. Wow, that's yeah, you do you do. So shout out to Seattle, by the way. I I know you like that city. I've never been there and I always wanted to go. It's a wonderful city. Yeah. I I don't I don't spend money on anything. I think I was telling someone the other day that I haven't even bought like any clothes since I moved to LA. But, but the, uh, but Aaron and I like eating good food and drinking. I'll I'll eat. And you know, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to drop lots of money on food. If it's good, like that's something I'm totally willing to spend on. It's worth, it's worth. Absolutely. Dude, that chicken at fucking Scopa. That's worth, that's worth $60 a plate. Oh my God. Absolutely. I pay more than that for that fucking chicken. I can't wait. With the, if that ever goes off the menu, I would be heartbroken. I don't know that I've ever ordered another entree. Anything else? Now, I'm fat as fuck, so 
It's not true. When, when I, in my mind, I am. So when I go out, as you know, like we ask for extra space at that restaurant when we call in. Yeah. Because like we're like, just so you know, I order two pasta dishes for my appetizer. Erin <laughs> orders, you know, her seafood and calamari and and something on you know on a half shell or whatever. And then we order our. Entrees. You need a bigger table. Yeah. So usually we get space. a table for four. <laughs> That place is so good. Oh, my God. So Actually, good. the owners, it's a woman that owns that and another restaurant. Her cousin or something listens to the show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's in Marina Del Rey, right? It's on Venice, Marina Del Rey, like border. The I think border? it's technically okay. a Venice, uh, Venice address. But when you come in April, we'll obviously go. Oh, we'll go. And by the way, we'll go to In-N-Out, too. Dagan has, Dagan's been to California, I guess, three or four times now since in the we, last, yeah, since, since we started, started the show yeah. and never told me that he wanted to go to In-N-Out. Now, I know that you like In-N-Out. I love it. I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. I think it's probably vastly overrated, but I also understand why you'd want, like when I couldn't have it, I always wanted it. Yeah, it's it. exotic to me. They're and not it, here. And it works every so often. Like there's there's a time and a place for In-N-Out where like, I, you know, I get the cheese melted on the fries, get a vanilla milkshake, get a, you know, a double-double. Whatever. I was going to ask, are you a milkshake guy? Because they have some of the best milkshakes. Yeah, I'm usually not a milkshake guy, but their milkshakes are, they're oh. so good they can't even get through the straw. They're so good, dude. Fucking angry. Chick-fil- Shout out to Chick-fil-A milkshakes. They're also really yeah, good. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Now, Chick-fil-A, thank Christ, is on DoorDash, so I get that delivered Often. Maybe three or four times a week. <laughs> you get text messages from DoorDash, by the way. It's so funny. You, I get text messages from these these guys like as they're delivering the food. I have to share this with people, like just take pictures of this. It's just every day. It's like Del Taco has confirmed your order. Wingstop has confirmed your order. The Counter Burger has confirmed your order. Wingstop has confirmed your order. Wingstop has confirmed your order. Del Taco has confirmed your order. This is all from February, by the way. Oh. The Counter Burger has confirmed your order. Taco Bell has confirmed your order. Del Taco has confirmed your order. Chick-fil-A has confirmed your order. The Counter Burger has confirmed your order. Chick-fil-A has confirmed your order. I'm still in February. Chick-fil-A has confirmed your order. Chick-fil-A has confirmed your order. The Counter Burger has confirmed your order. Now we're in January. And that's only DoorDash. Wow. That's not. That's just that, that one that's just not, that's not That's not Uber Eats and that's not Postmates. Oh, my God. And that's not Grubhub. And Grubhub. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. You get that shit delivered to your house. You, God you never you. you never change. God so, bless why, you. Why ever leave the apartment if you don't have to? They're such enablers for you. Dude, It's I was telling someone this because I don't drive either. As people know, I have a fear of driving. It is the perfect time to be Colin Moriarty. You know, the perfect time. It's working. It's working better than I could have ever Over imagined. Time. You know, because when I moved to San Francisco, th- this stuff didn't exist. And when I lived in Boston for five years, this stuff didn't exist. So it was convenient to be in a city, but you still have to take the T or the Muni and take cabs. Sure. It's compli- I would never get in a cab ever again. Could get complicated. Never. Never again. No more cabs. Final comment comes from Isaiah. Hey, Isaiah. He says, on the top of the fir- on the topic of first dates, mm. hello, Colin and the pimp now known as Dagan Moriarty. Ah. Have either of you ever had a first date or regular date that, sou- that soured your opinion on a restaurant or movie, etc.? I love this mm, question. question. For me, I will always have a problem with the second Guardians of the Galaxy due to a particularly annoying first date. You guys are very young. Before the movie, I had to console her as she, was violently, as she violently cried over the mere idea that her favorite cat would someday die. Wasn't any better during or after the movie and the trend followed through our ensuing relationship. I, oh, you stayed with wow. her. Do you guys have any similar stories or perhaps ones where the opposite occurred? Thank you both for the always amazing content. And always remember, remember the 5th of November. Thank you, you fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> you know, regular guy Fox over there. Now, Isaiah, it's funny because I don't know that anything has necessarily been ruined for me. But I think about certain people like certain girls or something when I see certain movies like Legally Blonde will always remind me of my girlfriend in high school. OK. Um, Jurassic Park 3 will always remind me of her. There's like certain movies that, you know, so. Not necessarily ruined, but certainly come to mind when I, yeah, you know, because I, I, I saw it with her, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, you associate one thing with the other. Yeah, that's interesting. I associate, what associations do I have? I have, I really associate 
not being able to make out with girls in my bedroom with mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) They were so different, too, because my girlfriends or my girls used to come into my room all the time in high school. Did they really? Oh, they were I they were like I remember one time, you know, again, my girlfriend, Trish, such a sweet girl. She was so, so nice. But I was upstairs alone with her and it was like a party. Like she was over and grandma and grandpa were over and, you know, it was like. And mom was so mad that I was, I think she went, she like ran alley up to like knock on my door and be like, Dagan, mom said you can't be alone in there. <laughs> you know, like it was like, oh my God. She dispatched alley. She did. She really did. You know, it's funny, Kyle. Isaiah, not to stray from Isaiah's question, but it occurs to me that if I really didn't meet the girl who I was going to be with in college, it seems like after college, I could see getting into dating. I'm not just talking about online dating, which we didn't get to really talk about that much. No, we'll save all the adult stuff for another for another, another episode. episode. Let's not but I'm talking about like if I was beyond college and still not attached to somebody and still hadn't found somebody to settle down with, I could see then dating as a thing. Now you're an adult, you're working, you have a car, you have a place, you have a house, you have an apartment, whatever. Then, you know, I don't think I ever got, I don't think we ever really got to that point. Now, Helene dated though. You know that, but she's also from Pennsylvania, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a sort of regional differences, just with being from Long Island. I, you know, I don't know. But it's so funny to hear our younger, even our some of our younger listeners, like Isaiah, like, you know, they they dated, you know. So it's like, why, you know, why was it this this group, this tribal? You know, I really wonder, Dagan, if it's technology in a way, because you had to really step the game up. And, you know, in your time and in my time, you had to call the girl or get the girl. You had to make a date. Yeah. You, there was no cell phones. There was no text messaging. There's no Facebook. There's just no, landline. Yeah. You, and you just had a, you know, like one of our listeners said, like they there was a misconnection that was an accident because of scheduling. You kind of had to like step the game up and really be organized. Today, I feel like it's very easy, it's easy. to set things up. It's easy. Whether it is online dating, whether it is Tinder, if you're just looking for something physical or whether it is like setting things up, it just seems like it's very, you can just put it in your Google calendar. You're going to get an alert. Yeah. They'll text message you. You'll get an alert from the restaurant reminding you about your reservation. It's a great point. It's, I think that, I think that that problem probably has something to do with it. If you're going to a movie, you can just buy the tickets on fucking Fandango and go print right. them out. Absolutely. So I think it's just like a little bit different. In other words, I feel like it took a lot more effort and a lot more, again, gumption and courage to definitely courage, you know, too. to have well said, you know, to, to go take that extra step. But I think that's probably something to do with it. You know, yeah, I would I was I would assume so. Yeah. And absolutely. I also feel like with women, because, I, you know, I'm I'm an old school guy. Like I have no problem with a girl asking a guy out if that's what's necessary. I have no problem with obviously women working and men raising children or anything like that. But I believe in the traditional kind of nuclear setup, too. I think that that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so for me, I feel like a woman being asked out or courted is really up to the caliber of the men around her. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense. Like, if you're growing up around a bunch of losers like we were in Bellport, then there's probably like, you know, including us, <laughs> then like, God, including us. you know, then like what? You know, what do you what kind of what are you getting out of this? And the other thing is, is like we're Babylon girls and Sayville girls. Were they in the Bellport guys? You know, I think it was just really because you had, like you said, you're having a clean slate. There's a mystique. You know, you're you're kind of feeling yourself a little bit because you could kind of present yourself as whoever you want. There, there's no preconceived notion. So that was really what it was. And, you know, again, like you can't overstate the fact of like just fresh faces. You know, they were going They, You have to assume the save old girls, for instance, they were going to school with the same kids their whole lives until they were 16, too. So they were ready for some new some new and exciting faces. Right. Just like we were, you know, so it's that whole thing of just something fresh, something new, a fresh perspective. I also think they were just much more open-minded in Sayville 
to you know the, there was more you know quote unquote punk rock girls and goth chicks and Bellport was pretty jockey and pretty preppy you know but again like the Savo girls the preppy Savo girls really liked skateboarders you know it was just a weird difference it's, it's so a- funny man because when I when I went to college and I knew people from Long Island I lived with people from the island yeah Bellport had a horrible reputation when Did people, when people found out that I went to Bellport like you went to, I remember one my friend Chris who I'm still friends with today he was like you go, you went to Bellport. He's like Bellport's horrible. Yeah, where did he go? Do he went know? to he went to like, he lived in the Hamptons, so like oh, sa- okay. but Southampton or something. So not like the ritziest part of the Hamptons, but nice, right? You know, and his dad was a builder on the island and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that like you know, and I'm not saying that Bellport's like the worst place in the world, but Bellport High School is ho- a horrible place. It was a and it's really a tale school. of multiple of multiple towns. Bellport, you know, Brookhaven and Bellport and Medford and all these things. Like North Bellport is very impoverished. You yeah. know, uh, Bellport is incredibly wealthy. You know, Brookhaven Hamlet's pretty wealthy. Medford's very working class. Everyone kind of worked together, but I feel like it was like the lowest common denominator always spelled what Bellport represented to anyone. And what's funny is that my old hockey coach, Pete, who I still talk to, he runs like a trophy shop and does like print T-shirt printing and stuff. Okay. I, I was asking him a little while ago. I'm like, can you send me a bunch of Bellport stuff? Because I want it. It's it's just almost weird. I'm like, I would love to have like a Bellport football shirt, Clippers, you know, shorts that would or be something cool. like that. Yeah. So I still have Bellport pride, but I yes. have no problem shitting on the school because it really is bad. Like it's a bad school. If it's you a- if you guys go read, not only from like a safety standpoint, I mean, Allie went with, you know, in Allie's generation, this happened right before I started going to high school. One of the security guards got one of the girls pregnant at Bellport High School. Can you imagine I didn't know that? You know, that's insane. I saw the most violent shit I have ever seen in my life in Bellport High School. Go down. Some of the most violent fights, some of the hor- most horrifying shit I've ever seen. Yeah, there were bad fights. Happened at Bellport. You know, when I, when, that's why there's full-time cops there and full-time security. Yeah. So it's all spelled there. And if you look at the Long Island rankings, Newsday, which is Long Island's newspaper, always ranks the school districts in Bellport's own. We're in South. It's called South Country School District. Yeah. Always near the bottom. Like yeah. one of the worst. The lower fourth. I would say even lowest, like 10th. Yeah, it's bad. You know, so it, it, it kind of, its reputation kind of preceded it for in Boston. Wow. With the people that like were familiar with. Can Suffolk you imagine? County. Yeah, we can't. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's just not a good school district. No. So, you know, we had a really great time going there. <laughs> You're telling how Miss Gerard was like late. It's, it's like it's like late to homeroom and stuff like that. Always late, which is not that weird, I guess, because the French were really late to guarding their border in 1940 against the Germans. <laughs> but they were yes, they were they were French. quite late to, to that. But um, it, it, it just everything about that place. I want to go there. And just walk around. Yeah. I know like that's never going to be allowed to happen. I, I, Me too. I want to do that too. Maybe we could do that for now. We should back. go take, when we go to the island this summer to see dad, because we're going to go, we, we've been trying to work out going and recording a bunch of shit with dad, our sisters, yep. Dagan's best friend, PJ. Peach. Maybe we'll get Mike Pope on one of the episodes. Who's be, my best friend growing up. That'd be awesome. And, you know, we're going to do that. So I, th- but I think what we need to do is I need, I think we need to go on like a photo tour of our lives. That would be cool. And put it online. So Absolutely. we should go take a picture in front of the, you know, the auditor where it says Bellport high school. We should go have a, get a picture in front of it. You know, I remember climbing like when I was a senior in, in high school, I wonder if it's like still there, but there's like a, there's a bunch of light posts, obviously, but there's this one light post where dad used to pick me up. And I remember like one day, like shimmying up it. Really? Yeah. And on the top of it, were all of these like, initials and names and writing from the 80s oh no way yeah like you know who uh 89 or whatever you know like whatever it was and i'm like and i wrote something on it you did like cm02 or something like that oh, and i wonder if it's like any of that shit is still there because oh, it was sure like probably 15 feet up or something like that right wow. unless it gets painted or something like the, on the parking lot side it's like when you know you roll in up the hill and then you go like left it's like right at that turn oh right there yeah okay. like right at that corner okay 
so yeah, we should go to Bellport High School. We should go to Smith Haven Mall. We got to go to the old house. I really am, I think, in a... So I forgot to tell you this. I know someone who knows someone that lives in our old house. Oh, is that right? So apparently he was like the quarterback of the football team. Of like Bellport? the Of Bellport High School's football team. Okay. We have a prolific football program at our school. And so I want to get in touch with him. I, his name is Steve. I last saw him at my friend, Cor- or my friend Mike Pope's wedding. So I hadn't seen him in like three years. But he okay. was telling me, he's like, I forgot you lived on Marie Court. I know the guy who lives in that house. No way. So I was like, yeah, yeah. So he knows. So I'm going to try to get in touch with him and then maybe make contact and just see if we can go. And maybe like walk around and like, I'm just going oh, to actually just, look at that because I thought you were referring to the. Well, we're going to. Well, I'm going to bring that up, too. But I want to okay. see like, can we like see it? Like, I'm like, I want to be like, we wrote I wrote my name a few places in the house. Can we like go like I'll pay you. Right, right, right. But like, can you like and can you let us dig up the tape <laughs> and videotape it? Hey, maybe jump in the pool. Can we jump in the pool? Maybe jump in the pool. Maybe jump in the pool. Let a rabbit go. Yeah, let a rabbit go. And, you know, <laughs> and I want to I, I want to just like I want to be go to them and be like, listen, here's a few hundred dollars. Just let us have the run of the of the property for a day. I want to wow. walk. I want to like walk around the woods. I want to see if like anything back there is like still there. Old fence posts or like you know, lost balls and things like we can find. Let's go dig up the tape. Let's like go see the cotchers. Let's go like, you know, like go, you know, go ride around the woods behind Artie's house and like go across the street into the woods. And like, there's, I need to go and I need to do it. I need to get it. I need to get it out of me. Yeah. 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 I hear that. You know, I totally hear that. And then maybe at the end, I'll finally do what I always said I was going to do, which is to offer to buy the house. Wow. I never thought I'd ever be in a position to be able to do that. It's a full on documentary. And I feel like I may do it one day. (laughs) I would love that. You know, where I I, I always had this dream of going up and being like, I'll buy the house right now. Right. What do you want? You know, like not that I would have the cash to buy that house right now, but we can get a mortgage or something like that. Sure, sure. So that's how people that was always a dream of mine. And yours, too. It was for a while. I, I realized it's never going to happen. My wife doesn't like Long Island. It's because she has no Traitor. taste. Traitor. It's because she lacks taste. <laughs> you discipline. Lack taste. Uh, well, that's all I really have to talk about, Dave. Is there anything else you want to close fun. with? Before no, we, uh... no. Again, we'll talk about online dating with something that I completely missed. You know, so we'll talk about that in a future episode of, you know, when we talk about this kind of stuff. And, you know, this funny, I have funny... It's not again. It's not dating stories though. They're more really girls that, you know, I knew, and they could be they could be spun into various episodes, you know, of you know de- different funny anecdotes of girls, you know, dating the ex girlfriend of a drug dealer, dating a girl whose brother was, you know, in the Chinese mafia, and he was extremely dangerous, and he didn't <laughs> like me, like that kind of stuff, like you know, just you know, but again, not really dating, just fun anecdotes about experiences that sounds that does sound like a fun anecdote oh that's a that's a terrifying anecdote going to north bellport and buying weed oh no that was i'm sorry that, <laughs> that was just you. that was just me in sorry, my, teen, my teens and early 20s <laughs> so let's wrap up with our normal segments please we're going to do well we'll do i'll i'll end with my dad joke okay but we'll do our new closing segment for wave seven of knockback is called quote me on that and it's very simple and very quick Colin is just going to, I'm going to read a quote, a movie quote, and Colin's going to guess the movie. And you guys are welcome to play along at home. Please do. All right. I'm going to read you this one, Colin. I'm not, I don't know if you're going to get this. I don't know how much. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. (laughs) That's a funny one. You know what? I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with this one for the next one and see if you can get it. Okay. I have a few different ones, so let's see how, how many you need in order to get it. Okay. All right, here we go. You guess the movie, and you guys play along at home with us. Okay. 
I felt he used too many onions, but it was still a very good sauce. But I don't know. Let's see. Is there a, which one do I want onions? to do? I don't want to ruin it yet. That's not without your car keys, you're not. <sighs> Give me more. I settle down almost every night, but then in the morning I'm free. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what this is. The what am I going to say? Sound- that my wife two times me? What am I going to say? That my wife two times me? The onion one is the one that sounds most familiar to me. It does. What am I going to say? My wife two times. In prison, dinner was always a big thing. I don't know. What is it? Oh, it's a mafia movie. It is? Goodfellas. It is? Yeah. Wow, you yeah. got it. You I knew the got... Onion one. That was, that was the one I kept like... Very good. I wasn't sure how much this movie was on your periphery or not. How much this was in your purview. So that was a tough one for you. But you got it. You, you're you're four for four? Yeah, so far. So Very far. I mean, nice. you're giving me a little bit more. The first two I got immediately. Or closer to immediately than yeah. that. You're giving me a lot to work with. Well, By the way, I'm looking at your notebook from afar. It looks like you're using like a child's notebook. Yeah, Helene brought this for me from school. No, it's perfect, but it looked like you were writing music in it for a minute. It looked like staffs from the, from here. Oh like, what the God, hell is going no, on? No, I never knew how to read music. Um, So, yeah, no, that's I like that segment. I enjoy that segment a lot. You do? So, yeah. All right, cool. I think it's good. I, I don't feel like I'm playing that well. But well, you do. You've perfect, got a perfect uh, record so by far. By the way, is there, let me ask you this. Please. Real quick. Please, please. Is there such a thing as too many onions in anything? Mm, the not answer, for you. The answer is no. The, not for you. Onions don't go in in pasta sauce, though. Onions don't go in gravy. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you don't... Actually, vegetables don't go in. Garlic. Garlic, yes. Uh, as much garlic, garlic as possible. Garlic and oil. Now, do you like a sweet... We talked about this before. You like a sweet sauce? Yeah, I'm not going to make it, but I do. You know, people have a little sugar in it or whatever. Yeah, like, I like yeah, I, that's that's fine. I don't know. Again, I make a really savory sauce, and I will contend okay. that my sauce murders. Like I, my version of mom's and grand, you know, grandma and grannies and our Italian side sauce. I've fed that sauce to so that gravy to so many people. Okay. And people are blo- like legit blown away by that. gravy. Now with me, this is a meatball. Yeah. Based. I make you know, make the meatballs, make the sausages. Okay. You know, sausages too. Okay. Of I never course. make sausages. You know, because when I went, when I went to mom's in December, she made pasta for us, which was great. But I was disappointed because I'm like, I really have always wanted to make it for you to see what you think of mine. Yeah. You know? Cause yeah. Cause I yeah. think it's, I reduce it so much. Like. It's so good. Thin or thick? Oh, thick. Thick you got, sauce. I reduce okay. it. Yeah, okay. as much as possible. You know, like I let it simmer for as long as possible. Okay. Usually make it during football on Sundays. That way you can just hang out. You know? How long do the meatballs sit in the sauce really at a gentle simmer? Oh, for almost the entire. So what? Well, I, can't, I can't talk about it. I, I, oh, you don't want to give away any. No, I was instructed not to by mom. Oh, okay. So this is not. You can't even say. I mean, what I'll say is that we make the meatballs. You just braise them. Yeah. Or sear them. Really, it's not braising. Yeah. You sear them just to close them up, and then sure. you throw them raw into the sauce. Right. They yeah. Just, and then and they, they sit there the entire time. Right. They don't come out. Hours. And the same thing with sausages. You just you know sear them and then pop them in. Okay. I don't want to press because I don't want mom to, mom to get mad at me. No, mom. I think mom legit doesn't want us to talk about she's, it. She's very protective. She's a snob. She's a meatball snob. That's fine. I mean, our, like mom's an amazing cook. As she, I've said many times, really when I event, inevitably find myself on death row, probably when the communists take over the United States and I get sent to the gulag or to the... Uh, or to the guillotine, which I'll be, I was joking around with someone because there's always a joke with socialists and communists online that like, you know, they send them to the guillotine. They right. always like say that. And I'm right, like, right. I would be to the guillotine in five minutes. <laughs> it would take literally five minutes for me to get sent to the guillotine. You know, uh, I always said that my final meal will be something mom cooked if she's not also oh, sent to the that's guillotine. That's very sweet. Yeah. That's very, because a lot of people were like, oh, I want McDonald's or I want, you know, whatever, you know, a no, steak from so, wherever. I'm like, no, I want oh, mom's chicken cutlets or something. She's a great cook. Yeah, she's amazing. She really is. Shout out to mom. 
Hey, Mom. All right, let's finish with a dad joke and wrap okay. this bad boy up. All right, should I? <laughs> okay. I love how you make yourself laugh with these jokes. <laughs> That's it's sad. so funny. And like, <laughs> this is like the third time I've looked at them, and I still think they're funny. All right, I'm just going to read. Keep, keep reading them in order of the way I wrote them. Wait, do I want it? Because there's more. All right. All right, Kyle, here's your dad joke for our closing out of the fourth episode of this wave. Spring is finally here. I got so excited, I wet my plants. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's horrible. I wet my plants. I don't like that one. Come on. I wet my plants. <laughs> Some of these are pretty dubious. I, I, I would say so. Yeah. But I laughed at it the third time I looked at it. Yeah, you're, you're cracking yourself up over there, so flipping through your child's m- notebook. I'd tell you a joke about retired people, but none of them work. <laughs> God, so I got to go. You got two now. You I'm got going two back to LA. That was, we have that four was episodes in the cans enough. <laughs> well, that one could be for next one. Oh, fantastic. All right. Dig, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. That thank was a fun episode. Much. Thank you all for submitting your questions, comments, concerns. Also, thank you for voting for the topic. I thought it was a very good topic. Very fun topic. To and thanks about. for writing in. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Uh, Awesome anecdotes. Yeah, nice thoughts, and thank you so much, especially uh, Isaiah, who thinks he's Guy Fox. We appreciate you. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time for more Knockback. Remember to support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Stand. Leave us nice reviews if you can on iTunes and Google Play and all those kinds of things, CastBox, etc. And please uh, share us with friends and family as we continue to spread the word and the gospel of Knockback. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. I love you more than a friend. What is that from? I don't know. It's just I, I like you more than a friend. Oh, all right. Well, I hope so. You're my brother. <laughs> Colin's Last Stand Knockback is fan supported over at patreon.com slash Colin's Last Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon. And I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your incredible kindness and generosity. Eric Alley, CJ Anderson, Morgan Ashley, Sean Battershaw, Martin Beck, Michael Betts, Eric Bishop, Mark Boggio, Eli Bosford, Barrett Boswell, Spencer Brand, Miguel Brewer, Lennon Brixey, Matthew Brousseau, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Andrew Burkhart, Dylan Burns, Chris Buston, Alex Cabrera, Brian Cacciatolo, Will Caldwell, Patrick Harper, William O'Carroll, Brian Caulfield, Brian Chan, Travis Chandler, Sean Chandler, David Chestnut, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Gio Corsi, Nick Cottrell, Cutter Crow, Nick Cummings, Daniel Diamore, Colin Davenport, Daniel Delanikos, Mitchell Durkash, Knight Draft, David Ellis, Martha Emery, Joe Finelli, Eric Figgenbeiner, Fotios Frangos, Michael Gallier, Chris Galvin, Blake Garcia, Connor Gashian, Alex Gates, Michael Gates, Salem Ghanem Al Ghanem, Toothless Gibbon, Daniel Glassford, Tyler Goodwin, Miranda Grubba, Tyler Harris, Kyle Hagel, Asa Haas, Azan Isa Al Ricey, Josh Yeager, Greg Julifs, Anton K, Jeremy Key, James Kinslow III, Ryan R. Kittredge, Jackson Lastiqua, Donald Laws, Joe Lawson, Don Q. Lee, Patrick Leslie, Dustin Lewis, Keith Adrian Lewis, Chad Lewis, Mark Liberto, Lou and Ray Loper, Elijah Lopez, Colin Love, Josh M, Ryan T. Mandel, Peter Mark, Michael Martinez, Sean Mason, Zachariah McAdoo, Joe McPartland, Wyatt McVeigh, Dennis Meinchen, Andrew Mendoza, Christopher Middling, Albert Miranda, Patrick Malloy, Betty Ann Moriarty, Abe Mukhtar, Ryan Murdoch, Brian Nietzsche, Josh Netzel, Adam Nix, Donnie Noland, George Anthony Nunez, Brian Ott, Jorge Palomino, Todd Paxton, Brendan Peavy, Marius S. Peterson, Enrique Perez, Nicholas Perfect, James Perrone, Eric A. Peterson, Jason Pettit, Jeff Pollard, Louis Powell, Lawrence F. Prokop, Michael Reynolds, Shane Rayum, Jonathan Rice, Mark Richardson, Toby D. Riemenschneider, Austin 
Riley, Atenogenis Rojas, Petro Rose, A.G. Rowe, John Scholes, Chris Schaefer, Michael Shanholtz, Brandon Sharkey, Toby Schutman, Glendon Cole Simper, Joshua Smallwood, Andrew Smith, John Tabanillo, Ahmad Tamar, Joseph Thayer, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Tam Tran, Adam Van Kieran, Raymond Joshua Vargas, Michael Vecchio, Ogley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Troy Walters, Isaac Wassman, Damon Weathers, Mike Wayant, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Hugo's Desk, Supershot ST, Wyatt Henry, Throw7, Infinite, Homeworld Hub, Mad Mock Media, Fabian, Mubarak, Sticks and Crits, Richter86, That Rescue Guy, Andrew, Ian, Chris, Dav9834, Donk2015, and Gavin.